0: Lucky you, you're living through the Decom Boom. Hello, and welcome back to the Decom Boom. Hello. Hi, guys. Welcome back. We want to thank you guys for being patient with us for taking two weeks off. I know, our hiatus. Yeah, we basically just went home for a weekend and we really wanted to make sure that we like a, didn't have to record that weekend, but B, didn't have to edit. So we mm-hmm. ended up, it turned into two weeks off. It was a much needed little uh, visit upstate to our hometown for us. So thank you guys for letting us take that little vacay.
1: Yes, I know we missed you guys. And I missed uh, getting in the studio with you, Sarah.
0: I know, absolutely. I've missed hearing your voice loud and clear through my headphones instead of just from next to me in physical space.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, we did want to do a decom today that is kind of topical Mm -hmm. because (laughs) yeah, as of this recording, Two episodes of the new season of Succession, season four, have come out. So we were like, we have to do Nicholas Braun, a.k.a. Cousin Greg's other decom.
1: When we started this podcast, we were like, okay, we're going to wait to do Minutemen until Succession is back on because me and Sarah are big Succession heads.
0: Yeah. We love it. Well, yeah, Nora, did you like last night's episode?
1: I actually did. We kind of had some, we both didn't love the season premiere of this season yeah um but I liked last night I thought I it did was too. I thought I
0: was definitely better than ep1 and like yeah I felt back in the swing of it and I was like laughing Same. a lot and I was like I'm in
1: I think episode one had a lot of exposition and so it was like I had to get back into it and now I'm back in baby
0: yeah I agree and also just like the characters are so like you know they're over the top so I think when you haven't watched succession in a while it's kind of like whoa yes. this is this is a tone and then like you get back into it and you're like okay I'm in it I'm here I'm yeah. laughing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you have to get used to the pacing. Yeah. Um, but no, we're really excited to do this DCOM. Um, Because before he was Cousin Greg, he was in Minutemen. And he was also in Princess Protection Program, which I did not remember. No. When we watched that one, we
0: were shook to see him. Totally. Um, but this movie yeah. comes before PPP, because yeah. that was 2009. This movie, Minutemen, premiered on January 25th, 2008. So, like, I remember seeing the trailer for this in seventh grade mm-hmm. and being like oh like that's the boy from sky high yeah but now he's like brunette and that was nicholas braun Yep. and then also this movie stars jason dolly who <sighs> we were introduced to in the decom Rita and weep so little DCOM addict that i was in seventh grade i was like oh my god the boy from Rita and weep jason dolly like he's getting like another starring role like i can't wait to see what he does with this
1: and what he did with this i'm going out on a limb Jason Dolly is one of the best comedic actors in the industry. Okay, wait. He's oh, so he's good. Good in this yeah. movie. I can't wait to talk about it. Um, but so this movie came out when I was, I guess, what's sarah Fourth grade? Yeah. Even been younger?
0: Fourth or third? Even third, third. Yeah, third.
1: Okay, so I remember seeing the trailer for this and me and my little friends at the time we had a lot of attitude about this movie going into it because you thought it was like about boys we thought it was about boys and we were kind of like it looks so bad i don't even know if we're gonna watch it like we were having attitude and i remember so this came out a year before ppp yeah but my experience with these two movies was i was really excited for ppp and i was kind of disappointed and this movie i was a huge hater of and then me and my two friends we watched it to be like i guess we'll check it out and we loved it start to finish. We thought it was fantastic. And so this movie had a very special place in my heart, but I was a little bit nervous to rewatch because I was like, oh, what if it was just good
0: when I was a kid? Yeah. But There's I, I always it. that fear. I know it was way better than I thought it was going to be because yeah, agreed. I mean, I was, you know, a little older when this came out, but I definitely watched it. I mm-hmm. definitely liked it. And it was actually kind of a good movie to like be a little older because like it it is about high school kids and it kind of like is somewhat realistic to what high school's like. Yeah. It's so obviously appropriate, but like it doesn't feel like a radio rebel or something no, where it's like no. no high schoolers act like this. Like right. it's kind of real and so it didn't feel like too little for me when I watched it in seventh grade. Hey
1: girl, it wasn't too little for me. I Same. was fully crying at the end. Oh my god,
0: it's so emotional. Like it
1: packs such a like emotional punch. It's so good. I'm also going to go out on another limb and say I think it's the funniest decom yeah. we've covered so far.
0: Yeah. I think that the script is just like legit legit good like yeah. the tone and yeah the jokes are actually funny it feels like again we've said this maybe somewhat about other movies but like bordering on could have been in theaters with like yes. some of the writing and the casting and, and stuff.
1: not even just the script I think the direction is good yes. I think the director like ha- was clearly a funny person like the timing is really good yeah and while that could be just funny actors yeah. you get the sense that like the direction of how to say these lines was a big part of what made it so good.
0: Yeah, and I think just like it was really perfectly cast, like Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this is the other Decom, the second Decom that we've covered that's about time travel. I know. So this is the Disney Plus description of Minutemen. Three high school outcasts shake up their school's social structure when they invent a machine that can take them back in time. Just far enough to alter conversations, events, and interactions that led to them being stigmatized as part of the out crowd. But when they accidentally open a black hole, they learn that turning back the clock can make a massive mess. Oh, God. That needs cliff notes. Way too long. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. And Nora, do you want to guess the Rotten Tomato score of Minutemen?
1: yeah i feel like um critics might not think this movie as is as genius as i do
0: mm-hmm.
1: um i'm gonna guess that it got like a
0: 52 percent. it got a 68 percent, good which isn't bad no it's
1: not bad and honestly i think it should be even higher I, I love
0: it. I love it too. <laughs> I really, I really like stan this movie. I, I like had so much fun watching it. Like it's legitimately. so fun to watch. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of ready to kick off the recap if you are. Yeah, me too. Okay guys, strap in because this is Minutemen. It's so much fun. Here we go. Woo! So we begin outside Summerton High School, home of the Rams, mm-hmm. and we see like a time elapsed shot of like clouds passing by quickly, sort of right away setting it up like this is a movie about time.
1: Yes. The, and the passage of it.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I remember thinking this when I first watched this movie and I thought it again now this high school kind of looks like our high school from the outside. Like it has that same like brick, like rectangular thing with the kind of like blue windows. Like it doesn't, it's not like mm-hmm. it looks exactly like it, but there are similarities. Do you do you agree with me at all that it looks like our high school or no? Um, yeah, no, I do. Okay. I think it does. Okay. Yeah. It's just it's something about it. I'm like, that looks like ours. Um, and we do see a, California state flag so we're in California there's like gorgeous mountains in the distance like their school's in like a very Mm -hmm. picturesque yeah beautiful place Yep. so Jason Dolly gets off the bus this is our protagonist Virgil Fox he's a star I like definitely had a crush on Jason Dolly when I was in middle school Oh,
1: for sure like
0: read it and weep I had a crush on him and then definitely during this too and it's funny because he's like so blonde, but like he's just so he's just so he's, charming. He comes he, across so sweet.
1: He has a Zach Efron effect if you just like believe even though he's being so earnest or like he's being real.
0: He's very natural and like very every natural. line he delivers it so like organically.
1: He's a great actor. yeah I'm a huge fan of him. Um, Me too. So yeah, he gets off the bus and he has braces, which is so (laughs) so cute. Um, So this is the first day of high school for our protagonist, Virgil. And he's with his friend Derek. And they're like talking about now they're in high school. Everything's going to change. And Derek says, football games, free periods, chicks. That's what they have to look forward to.
0: Right. That's really what Derek has his eye on. Yeah. Yeah that's what he's excited for with high school. And Derek is sort of checking out some of these said chicks. Mm -hmm. And then Virgil's like, oh my God, dude, like you have a booger. And Derek's like, what? No. And Virgil's like, I'm just kidding, bro. So we see that Virgil doesn't take stuff seriously. He's trying to have more fun. He's more playful. Whereas Derek is like very focused on being cool. Yes. I also kind of think that maybe Virgil Fox, like that last name, could be an allusion to Michael J. Fox, who's marty mcfly and back to the future because there are a lot of nods to back to the future in this movie totally i think that's probably true yeah um but yeah so this is uh virgil and Derek's dynamic and right when they're having this little like you know moment over the booger this blonde girl walks up and she has like aggressive pigtails on either side of her head
1: Yes. Who would
0: wear pigtails like this to the first day of high school? I mean,
1: what they're trying to show us, because later we skip ahead in time. So they're trying to show us that they're young. Yeah. And the only way they can do this, since it's the same actors, is to give her pigtails. But it's not a great look. (laughs) But their friend is Stephanie, who you guys might remember from the show Jonas. Yeah. She's Joe Jonas's love interest in that show. Stella. Um, Which to be like a teen on Disney and have your two love interests be Jason Dolly and Joe Jonas, like I'm finding her and I'm killing her. I'm so jealous.
0: Yeah. She lives a good life. She does. She's super cute though. I was trying to figure out the whole time I was watching this, who she reminded me of. And then Drummond walked in and was like, she kind of looks like my cousin. And I was like, she does look like your cousin. Oh, (gasps) That's exactly who I was thinking of. I thought I was like an actress. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, Lily. But yeah, she's super cute. But yeah, I am jealous of her love interests for sure. And this is like, we soon see that this trio, Virgil, Derek and Stephanie, like they've been friends since they were like little kids.
1: Yeah. Um, I keep seeing that Stephanie and Virgil are kind of like very focused on keeping this friend group together. They're like, I don't want things to change. And Derek says, who cares about our past guys? All I'm thinking about is my social future. Yeah. Which is like, he's looking to move on up in the world. He's a social climber.
0: But so we're seeing that this is a cute friendship dynamic. And Stephanie says to Derek, oh, I can't believe you convinced me to try out for cheerleading. And he is meanwhile nervous because he's going to try out for football. And we see that Derek and Virgil have this little handshake that they do Mm -hmm. where they say, scorch. (laughs) yep,
1: and that'll come back. Yeah. Um, So then we go to football tryouts and we see Derek is really nervous about trying out. We see like a glimpse of Stephanie trying out for cheer and then we see Virgil like making all the football
0: players laugh and then all of a sudden a kid drives what looks kind of like a souped up little car Mm -hmm. it's later called the rocket car yep out onto the football field and it has like cheesy looking blue flames coming out the back of it (laughs) to show that it's like a rocket car with like a turbo boost Yep. And the person driving the car is a little twerp. (laughs) My king, Charlie. (laughs) Charlie Tuttle.
1: Yeah, so Charlie basically is like a little genius baby. He skipped a bunch of grades, so he's in high school, but he's like young. At this point, he might be like 11, because when they flash forward, he's only 14, and it's three years later. Yeah,
0: exactly. So he's
1: like 11. He's a
0: little baby. (laughs) And so... Charlie is kind of causing a ruckus on the football field by driving this car all over the place. Yep. So Derek, who had already been getting some feedback from the coach about like his throwing was not quite up to par. Mm-hmm. He takes it upon himself to chuck a football at Charlie, knocking him off the car. Yeah. And the coach at this point is like, OK, that was actually pretty good. Like you do have potential. Yes. So kind of proving himself. By hurting someone else. Uh-huh. Yeah, bu- truly bullying. Yeah. Um, and then when
1: this happens, the football players like swarm Charlie. And Virgil tries to be like, guys, no, 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 leave him alone. Like, don't do that. Like, he's going away. And so now they're like kind of coming in on both Virgil and Charlie. They're like
0: pushing them around in a circle. Yeah. So, shoving them. Yeah, it's bad. It's definitely bullying. So, yeah, Virgil stuck his neck out for Charlie. And mm-hmm. we soon see the consequence of that.
1: No good deed goes unpunished, some may say.
0: So true, Nora. And we cut to the Rams mascot statue in front of their school. And Charlie and Virgil are each hanging from like either end of the Rams uh-huh. horns, like high up in the air. And they're wearing cheerleading outfits. And they have like makeup on their faces and like ha- hairbands and jewelry. And mm-hmm. they're just basically the victims of public humiliation. Yeah. And also like assaults because they're like up high on this like dangerous statue i'm like if they fall they're gonna get hurt
1: i know it's truly insane and when i first was watching i thought that they had at least some kind of pre-established relationship but they don't because in this part charlie's like oh i'm charlie by the way and they like introduce each other so it's just cute that virgil really stuck his neck out for a kid that he didn't even know
0: yeah he was just like hey that's not right versus like oh that's my friend which does make it like so much more honorable yeah and this is how they become friends and they are forever bonded by this moment for better or for worse
1: which they refer to throughout the movie as the incident yeah (laughs) So then we cut to three years later. So now Virgil is a senior. And basically, we learn very quickly that this incident has followed Virgil all throughout high school. He is a nerd and his friend Derek and Stephanie, they're cool. So this really changed the course of his high school experience.
0: Absolutely. And we soon see like, because Virgil kind of exchanges this friendly glance with stephanie in the school parking lot like they're it's almost like a little romantic like the way they make eyes at each other she's like biting her lip i know she's like horny for him truly so we're like okay they're at least still like on good terms but then we see that stephanie walks away like holding hands with Derek. so she's now dating Derek, and mm-hmm. Derek and virgil do this kind of like awkward head nod that like oh yeah it just pain conveyed in that head nod it's so true it like tells such a story of like oh they're not close anymore yeah and it's kind of all because we're led to believe because of this fateful day that happened Mm -hmm. on the first day of freshman year like that really just put a huge target on his back as like you are a loser
1: yeah yeah so that's sad i know it's so sad and i could really feel Virgil's pain in that head nod from Jason Dolly's gorgeous acting.
0: <laughs> Agreed. We see that Charlie is still his best friend. And throughout the movie, we see that Virgil kind of tries to recreate his scorch handshake with Charlie. Yeah. And Charlie, <laughs> Charlie always it. messes it up. He's always like scratch or like sketch. And Virgil's yeah. like, no, it's scorch. <laughs> like a very simple concept that this genius can't get. Yes. But it's really just more of a metaphor for like, you can't hold on to this thing you need to, ha- or you used to have. Like, this is a new friend. This is your new path. And like, Virgil it's a really big part of his identity that like he can't let go of like the life he thought he was going to have
1: yeah no he really regrets sticking up for charlie <laughs> yeah. or at least he says he does and he says this like in front of charlie a lot and charlie's, yeah. charlie's just kind of like
0: okay like damn that's really mean it's like a
1: super mean of him and like <laughs> virgil almost doesn't even notice yeah. that it's yeah
0: yeah he doesn't even really think about how that comment like affects charlie yeah but charlie's super cute and adorable he I hasn't love him i know he's so cute
1: he's like he has like a little temper like he's so smart but he gets really like anxious and angry very easily yeah and he reminds me of like a kid that would be you know so smart and like getting a perfect act score but then like not being like not being able to figure out laundry
0: yes Okay. Oh, like totally. that's totally his vibe well it's also perfect like it's he, again i think he's really perfectly cast where it's like it really makes sense to me that like he's truly just like three years younger than everyone else. Like Mm -hmm. intellectually, he's way above everyone, but emotionally he's three years behind. Yes, yes. And like that comes across very well. And something else I love about this movie is like, jason dolly like actually looks like a high school senior and like mm-hmm. this boy actually looks like a high school freshman
1: yeah totally um, they like
0: look their age and it's cool so yeah yes.
1: there's both just so funny like charlie i was lolling at him throughout the movie
0: i know he's so cute so virgil and charlie walk into school and charlie's going on and on about like some new scientific experiment he's working on it has something to do with like communicating with his cat and virgil says why can't you ever just invent something that's useful like something that would like make our lives better like Maybe make me popular, for instance.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so that's really on Virgil's mind. He's like, I always have to hear about these things, but like, it's not making my life any better. Like, that'd be super cool if you could invent something that actually improved our lives. Yep. So now we do meet. <laughs> Nicholas Braun. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, cue the bad boy music.
1: Yes, and here comes up Nicholas Braun. Teen Nicholas Braun with a leather jacket on a motorcycle. Imagine if a teen rode a motorcycle to your high school.
0: I know. I don't know about you, Nora, but I was like, when this moment came on, I was like truly laughing so hard because LOLing. I just like, I remembered that he played a bad boy in this movie, but I still wasn't prepared to like see Nicholas in this light. (laughs) Um, Full leather. Yeah. And he's just like, it's just so funny. It's so funny. And he
1: can't fully do it. Like he's a great actor, but it's just like, he has a goofiness about him that just isn't I don't buy it yeah I almost got the sense that he probably auditioned for Jason Dolly's character yeah and they were like well you're (laughs) 6'5 Jason's a little bit better for the part but we love you we want you in the movie would you play this character because he's just not like a natural fit for the bad boy
0: I know I do agree however I think there's something so endearing because it is true that like when you look back at like a photo of like someone from your high school that was like quote unquote like the edgy boy you're like look at that little kid and I know it's true so it is kind of real in that way where it's like and it's, it's also yeah. true
1: that a lot of times those kids were nicer than like the jocks
0: yeah like there's just a deep evilness to like um a pretty boy jock in high school yeah that, like Derek has in this he movie. really does have that like sinister energy everyone like, is so good at their part about
1: yourself yeah, yeah. no S- this is really well cast and the actors are great
0: yeah So, Nicholas Braun's uh, character is Zeke, but so far we don't know that much about him, just that he's, like, new and he's mysterious and he's edgy. (laughs)
1: He seems very based on, like— War and Peace
0: from Sky High, no?
1: No, I was thinking (laughs) from 10 Things I Hate About You, Heath Ledger's character. yes, yes, yes. Just because he's, like, a shop kid, on like, edgy. Yeah. I felt like he was kind of— maybe loosely based on
0: that. No I think that's that's a good that's a good point. So now we're in the lunchroom and Stephanie and Derek are sitting at the cool kid table and Virgil is watching them Mm -hmm. with jealousy and he's sitting with Charlie but also a bunch of other like super crusty nerds. Yes
1: like (laughs) crusty. One of them is Chester who's like a nerd
0: that literally talks like this i like- really felt like the way he speaks he was like ripping off steve urkel yeah yeah like there's a line later when he says like i'm not fond of your hat and i'm yeah. like it's giving urkel it's in such giving, a thing urkel and i'm kind of like you're not urkel so like don't try so to don't like-
1: try yeah
0: like honestly the the nerds that aren't charlie were a low point of this movie yeah, for me were.
1: yeah they totally were because they
0: were so over the top yes i agree but yeah they basically Charlie and Virgil hang out with these straight up losers. And Virgil's really depressed. He's like, yeah, I can't believe I'm a senior and I'm still sitting at this table. No offense, guys. And they're like, no, no, none taken. Like we are losers. Yeah.
1: So Virgil's like, how did it come to this? (laughs) And Charlie like brings up the incident. And Virgil says this iconic line. He goes, the incident I will one day be explaining to a very expensive
0: therapist. I know. (laughs) I laughed because I was like, it's crazy how like nowadays kids can go to therapy like in real time. Like, right? It really did used to be like that. That it was like so stigmatized to go to therapy as a kid. Yes. It was like, why would you go to therapy? What's but wrong now I you? feel like every Gen Z kids in therapy, which I'm as like, it's good. Be. Yeah, yeah. He's go to like, therapy. I'll kids.
1: deal with this really traumatizing incident and ten years later when it's manifested and been <laughs> all my up my soul for ten years. Yeah, yeah,
0: no, totally. Um, but he has like that's another thing about Virgil. He always like masks his pain with humor that's a huge part of his personality like every line that he delivers is like in like a playful like casual like trying yeah. to put people at ease way and it's very charming honestly i would be
1: so in love with him in high school yeah
0: this was like totally like my like there were so many guys like this in media when i was growing up and i was obsessed with all of them like oh, I, like adam brody in the yes, oc of course yeah. like i bought it hook line Dan and sinker Humphrey. every time i
1: bought it every time yeah
0: like that was my type totally and now we meet Jeanette. <laughs> Who is... Yeah. Yeah. She's a bit much. She's a bit Disney. She is huge Disney Channel energy. And she's this girl who is in love with Charlie. She's super, like, high energy, like, quirky weird but like cute yes and she loves Charlie so she like comes up to their lunch table she's like flirting with him she like licks her finger and like fixes his hair and Charlie is very bewildered by her he's like not into (laughs) girls yet he's like what was that about and Virgil's like dude she's liked you for years he's like oh I'm married to science (laughs) he's a king also I did just want to talk about what Jeanette is wearing because yeah she Wears like classically heinous Disney Channel outfits. Yeah. So it is, I like took notes about it. She's wearing a houndstooth vest with matching <laughs> cargo pants over a purple cap sleeved collared shirt, a bizarre necklace pairing, a pink and purple tote bag, and a gray rimmed cap with space buns positioned on either side of her head. Her
1: outfits are like if you went into Cree, a Sim and clicked randomize. Yes. Like that's all her outfits. They're
0: so bad. Um,
1: They're bad. Yeah. But so that's Jeanette. That's what you need to know for now. So then we see Virgil go up to Stephanie at the vending machine and they have a cute little interaction. And we can get again, we get the sense that like their relationship has changed because of her romance with Derek and the incident. But like they're still friends. Stephanie still like loves Virgil.
0: Yeah, they do a really good job at conveying subtly that like. You get the sense that these two don't hang out outside of school anymore, but they still have like a lot of love and respect for each other. They're still like very at ease with each other. Right,
1: which to me is very real because I mean, there's this other character that's like a girl that's so mean, but how I fell in high school was the popular girls, like, they were never really, like, mean. They just were like, this is my place and I'm not going like, to do too much to shake it up. Yeah. But it was really, like, the boys that were, like, outwardly being mean. Yeah.
0: I agree. And, like, no, Stephanie did actually feel like a pretty realistic cool girl. Because it's, like, she's super cute, but she's smart. She, like is involved in school activities but she's like a normal nice person like i actually did feel like she was like a pretty decently fleshed out character i did too she's very perfect but like you do feel like oh i knew girls like this yeah and you really like her
1: totally totally i agree
0: Um, so yeah, they have a cute dynamic and- Oh, we uh, also
1: find out that she wants to be an architect in this scene.
0: Yeah. And it's so cute because Virgil's like, oh my God, like I remember you building like a gingerbread house with 10 rooms when we were kids. So he just clearly like knows her on a deep level and like cares about her.
1: He's so nice. I know. I love him so much. I love him too. He really is like Zac Efron coded.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, he's so likable. He really is. And- And then like the bell rings and she's like, oh, I got to get to calculus. Like, I hate it, but I can't be an architect without it. And then Stephanie walks away holding hands with Derek and Virgil sighs, emotionally seeing this. So now we see Virgil in class and he's sitting next to Zeke, a.k.a. Nicholas Braun, and Zeke is carving his name into his folder with like a pencil or like a knife. I don't know. And... The teacher is talking about tesla i know yeah doing a little bit again of just like painting the scene that this is a movie about like tech yeah and also about like time because he's like saying that like tesla's biographer called him a man out of time for a reason like he was so ahead of his contemporaries Mm -hmm. i also like it because i think it kind of hints at this thing of like charlie being like because it is kind of like oh really a 14 year old invented time travel and it feels like this nice nod to like charlie is just like a once in a generation mind and you just have to accept that and it's like okay i will but so uh, we also do see a girl for the first time named jocelyn jocelyn lee Mm -hmm. and she is painting her nails during class which if you'll remember from past episodes caring about your nails equals bimbo yes so the fact that we see jocelyn painting her nails during class is telling us as the viewer this girl's stupid that's how we know Mm -hmm. that's how we know and that'll come back yep Um, But so this class is going on and Charlie runs into the room and he says there's an AV club emergency and he needs Virgil Fox right away. Mm -hmm. And Virgil's like a little embarrassed by this disruption, but he goes with Charlie. His teacher's like, go ahead, go ahead. And he leaves (laughs) class. Charlie, (laughs) And he brings him to the computer lab. And when they walk in the door an army of nerds stands up and salutes Charlie and he's like at ease and they go back to furiously coding. I just know like
1: Charlie you'd have him over for a sleepover and you would give him one diet coke (laughs) and then the night would be so (laughs) so hilarious and fun because Charlie would be insane. I know. And you would just be laughing and Charlie the sugar high would just be like, like if you give this boy even a little bit of sugar or caffeine, he will explode.
0: Yeah, he already has so much energy just (laughs) on a baseline. Yeah. Like the way he talks is like, I love him too. He's like my dream child to babysit. I know. (laughs)
1: He's so fun.
0: And he's like so sweet, but he's like so precocious.
1: So precocious. You know if you play a
0: game with him and he lost, it would be a Nightmare. <laughs> yeah, he'd flip the table, yeah. <laughs> and you know he'd like call you stupid, but you like wouldn't care and be cute. So basically, Charlie has something very special and secret secret to show Virgil. He brings him to the back of the computer lab. He's like, "What I'm about to show you like has to stay between us." And he shows him this graphic on a computer that reminded me of a black and white version of the tornado water slide from The Great Escape. Like, yeah, that's what it looks like.
1: Yeah, I mean we'll say right now i think that the science in this movie yeah bare minimum yeah they were just like uh let's hope yeah yeah but honestly i i care less than i cared in other tech movies we've done
0: well because the science is honestly like not the point like the point yeah. is the themes and the friendships yes and also i felt like at least like they used like real concepts they didn't like make up like it, it yeah. doesn't make any sense like how it works it's not like legitimate or probably like you right, know what I mean it doesn't right. make any sense in that sense but yeah. like at least they used like real words yeah. so I didn't find it like distracting no 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 even though it's silly yeah um but so they're looking at this this like graphic on a computer and Charlie tells Virgil that this is a simulation of practical time travel he explains that Uh, like his rocket car that he had freshman year during the incident, like that didn't work out as an invention, but something that he used for it, the quantum accelerator Mm. like did end up being valuable. And so he's like using something that he used in that rocket car, like as part of this time travel invention. Mm -hmm. So now we cut to Virgil and Charlie running the track in gym and Virgil's like, dude, you're 14. Like I'm really supposed to believe that you invented time travel. He doesn't really believe that this is, Legitimate. Yep. And Charlie's like, Yeah, like it's legit, dude. And like my calculation suggests that like someone could go back in time as far as 48 hours. And Virgil says, Weak. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's right. It's like
0: 48 hours. Yeah. What can you really do with that? But then <laughs> this was in the trailer. Charlie says, Pardon me. How's your time travel formula coming along? Yeah,
1: for sure. For sure. Do you remember that yeah, from the trailer?
0: Yeah, 100%. I'll just say this really quick. And then we just see like Charlie continuing to explain to Virgil like how this is going to work and they're in home economics. And he tells him that, you know, if you could travel as fast as the speed of light, you could time travel. And he says that you can travel on a beam of light from any light source, even from a slide projector. And we'll later see that like they use a slide Mm -hmm. projector in their time travel machine. (laughs) Right, right. And he's kind of like trying to get to Virgil, because, again, Virgil's just very skeptical, and he's like, dude, don't you want to be part of making history? Like this is kind of your chance to do something great. And Virgil's like, okay, fine. But like, if we get this time machine up and running, like we have to have the maiden voyage be for something I want to do. And Charlie agrees. He's like, sure, sure. We'll do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. They realize that they need what they call a hardware guy because even though Charlie's a genius, like he doesn't actually know how to like build this thing he's Uh come up with. So they're like, we're going to need someone who's like good at like mechanics.
1: The way that like they definitely could find like someone amazing, because they're, like, teens with this amazing technology. Like, they could seek out, like, a real, <laughs> like, science person not as good at building, but instead they're like,
0: who's in our high school that could do it? I know, because they want all the control. They want all the control. So Virgil's like, maybe Zeke could do it. And, like, as they're, like, kind of debating this, Zeke just walks up to them, and then, like, all six foot seven inches of Nicholas Braun is just, like, looming over them, and they're like, <laughs> They're like, <laughs> Yeah. Hi. yeah 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 i love this the trio is formed what a good trio such a good
1: trio i love these kings so then they go to virgil's house and uh zeke is like being scary like he's like being kind of weird and they're kind of trying to talk to him but they're like scared and at one point um virgil tries to call zeke like the zeekster and nicholas bronze just like gives him an evil look and yeah. then um virgil's like oh no yeah totally i i hate when people use nicknames for me too like virgilosity like come on man like my name's virgil stop and he's just like
0: he's like not he's doing a good vomiting. job at bonding with zeke and we, i was laughing so hard in the scene it's I, hilarious they're being so funny and we meet um charlie's cat who inexplicably even though they're at virgil's house like charlie literally brought his cat over and this line was burned in my brain from childhood when he goes his name is albert feline i was like why do i remember that so well and charlie's such a
1: little freak with this cat like later we see him walking with this cat like down the street it's yeah, like- he
0: tr- treats it like a dog <laughs> but albert feline Stein, like does come back in the plot that's why i bring him up but- yeah he
1: does and also we see virgil's little sister come down and she's like a little bitch i kind of love like, her oh, yeah, her energy's insane but it's so She's
0: yeah, because she comes downstairs because, like, she had heard from her mom that there was, like, a new boy over, like, one she hadn't seen before. So she comes down wearing, like, a full feather boa and, like, gorgeous dress, even yeah, though she's, she's like, gorgeous. eight. And she's, she's so serving. cute. And she tries to be like, oh, like, I heard there's a new boy. And then she sees Zeke being creepy. And she's like, Virgil, why don't you ever bring home any cute boys? I thought she was very charming, like, good little no, kid she acting. she was. She was totally charming. She was, like, legit funny. So, yeah, but basically this scene is... Virgil and Charlie trying to get Zeke on board to join their crew and it's very clear that Zeke like is smart because he totally understands by like reading their plans like what this machine is about and how it's yeah. gonna work and he's like yeah yeah I actually think that this like might work and I'm down and they're like impressed he's like I know I like I can read imagine that
1: because yeah. he comes
0: across as like just a big brute but no there's more to him there's than that. more
1: to it. Nicholas Braun than that
0: so now they start working on building the time travel Mm -hmm. machine and we see them at sort of like a junkyard putting together scraps
1: basically Virgil wants to use this machine to play the lottery to go back in time and figure out which lottery ticket wins Mm -hmm. um but they're like you know if we're gonna do this if we're gonna make this we need more space and then Charlie gets an idea he's like oh I know just the place
0: now we go to school and we meet Vice Principal Tolkien, who mm-hmm. is so funny. And he you don't think so? I love him.
1: Oh, okay. So here's how I feel about him. Okay. I like I liked his character and I liked the idea that there was this vice principal who like is like, I'm not gonna get involved with the kids in their social setting. Yeah. But I just thought they made him a little too malicious. Of like, I couldn't buy that a principal would be like actually going after the nerds in a way like i wish they had just made him more like i don't want to get involved
0: but i feel like that is what he is like he like i know that there's that one line with chester where he's like oh the social order is upside down but like I don't know. I thought it was funny. Also, like, do you know what this actor's from? What? He's Vice Principal Hackett in Phil of the Future, where he's, like, kind oh, of a yeah. similar vibe. Oh, like, yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, right. Kooky
0: Vice Principal. He's, like, a bald, very funny <laughs> actor that's just, like... He
1: is funny. I, I just, like, wanted his character to be, like, tweaked a little bit. Because, hmm. I don't know. I thought that it was, like a little unbelievable that hmm. he would just be so open about being like don't get used to it nerd your time is coming like that was like a, I just wanted him to be more like apathetic to the hmm. social situations going on in high school I don't know I would have like changed it a little bit
0: okay I think I just felt like there's this very fun trope in a lot of media for kids of like teacher who randomly has like Yes, strange vendetta against the kids but i like it Weird. it reminds me of like neds declassified or even like the breakfast club like i think this is like a thing in media that even though it's it's like heightened and zany is like very fun you know so i was okay with it and i just think i just find this man really funny like i think his comedic timing yeah no i mean yeah he was um so yeah this is vice principal tolkien and we meet him when he is trying to get a snack out of a vending machine and he's not having any luck the machine won't take his dollar and so Virgil and Charlie and Zeke walk up to him and they're like, hey, dude, like we want to start a new club. And he's like, I don't know that like not possible. There's, you know, we already have as many clubs as we can possibly have. Like there's no room for any more. And they're like, oh, OK. And, and Charlie says that he wants room 77. And the vice principal's like, that's impossible. And then we see that inside the vending machine that he's trying to get a snack from, chester the nerd is literally inside of it
1: yes and the vice principal is not bothered by this no um and nicholas braun is like are you gonna do something to like help chester and the vice principal's like this is just the way things are and it's like
0: okay but it really made me laugh so much when he first asked him like are you gonna do anything he goes like what change the way high school works (laughs) i was like oh my god
1: it would have been been so shocking if i was finding out in high school that someone was put in the vending machine i would have been like what fresh hell is this what's wrong with
0: these people i know it's so kooky and what ends up happening here is that rachel bribes vp tolkien to give them room 77 by simply presenting him with four quarters because the machine won't take his dollar right and he takes the bribe and he puts the quarters in and he just says to chester like scooch over because i'm going for that snack or like and chester head. does <laughs> so sad. chester is wild so they got the room they want and now we see charlie leading them to it so he explains as they're walking through this like dark dingy hallway he's like The north wing of the old building was knocked down to make room for the football field, which we're underneath right now. Um, And room 77 was actually built to be the school's fallout shelter during the 1950s. And then he leads them into this huge like storage space that's completely filled with junk. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's like, oh, this is a disaster. Like he thought this was going to be empty. And Zeke's like, it's got great bones, though. Mm-hmm. and then we cue a cleaning slash like prep montage
1: yes and like whoa is playing by ali and aj now i window down i love the way- There was one point where we see them, like, dust off this old painting, and it's Richard Nixon. Yeah. Which
0: is, like, okay. <laughs> I love that detail. <laughs> also, this is our second movie we've covered that Like Woe plays Likewell. in. I remember
1: that Like Woe was in this. Yeah. I remember that. Um, Yeah, so we see uh, this montage of them working on the
0: machine. They're like stealing stuff. They steal. Yeah, they're
1: stealing stuff.
0: They steal a microwave out of the teachers' lounge, like while uh, Vice Principal Tolkien is using it. Like he, like goes yeah. to like get his coffee, and he turns around, he's like, "What? Where's the microwave? I was just microwaving something." Yeah, they're being wild. <laughs> they're being so reckless. Um, but they're basically trying to get like I guess as much like gear and like energy producing stuff That's what as I possible. Would guess. Yeah, but they're also getting like computers from the computer lab. Yeah. By the time the montage ends, the machine's ready.
1: (laughs) Yep. Yep. Didn't take that long. And they're getting ready to cue it up. And they're kind of like, okay, who's going to like go into the machine? And no one really wants to. Even Charlie, who, you know, created it, is like kind of scared to go in. And then Virgil notices Charlie's cat. And he (laughs) gives Zeke a look like, let's throw the cat
0: in. Mm -hmm. And they do it. and charlie freaks out i know and it's awesome because virgil's like okay like you wanted me to go in
1: and he's like like how would you do that and then virgil's like you literally were okay with us going in (laughs) charlie's like freaking out on his
0: cat i know Um, which
1: honestly is real people are freaks about their animal they swear they care about them more than their friends
0: they do but like zeke is holding on to a rope that he had tied around albert Felinestein, so like he's able to like still have control of him and they pull him out after really only like a minute yep And this part makes absolutely no sense from a scientific standpoint, but like they had put... A watch on albert <laughs> and like they see that the watch is like a minute yeah back in time from their present time so yeah. they're like it worked he went back it's like the it watch no automatically sense. changed it's like no it doesn't makes make no sense. sense but it's okay it's, it's okay helped, it's a plot device it's we, okay yeah we now understand that the machine works and basically like they had mentioned you know traveling on any particle of light even from a slide projector and like A slide projector is like the epicenter of this machine. That's like what the light emits from. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like this like purple vortex of light that just like shoots out out of it. And that is the time machine portal or whatever, whatever. So they're, they're celebrating the fact that they just had successful time travel. And now we cut to an adult man in a lab coat playing solitaire on a computer. And another man that's in the room with him, hears an alert on his computer. And he's like, huh, that's weird. I've gotten alert from the Somerton sensor. That's pretty much off the charts, but there's nothing else around it. And his colleague is like, oh, it's probably just a computer glitch. Like us basement dwellers, we get the worst gear. Mm -hmm. So we see that like, at least someone is picking up on what they're doing and they don't know what's going on yet, but like they're on someone's radar. Now we cut to Stephanie talking to Derek in the school library, and he's trying to reassure her that Jocelyn is just teaching him French. There's nothing going on. And Stephanie's like, Jocelyn Lee is tutoring you in French. And if you'll remember, we've met Jocelyn before. She was the girl painting her nails in class, which, as we've stated, caring about your nails equals bimbo. So there's something sus going on here, because why would a bimbo be tutoring him in French?
1: Yeah. It's very sus. And Derek has such like a little disgusting little fucking smirk that just makes Uh, him instantly untrustworthy. And he's a gaslighter. So basically, Stephanie says something back to Derek in French. And he's like, see, this is why I need Jocelyn's help. Like, I have no idea what you said. And she's like, I said that my boyfriend is a lying cheese brain. Mm. But then Derek says like, oh, yeah, I hate this part. I know. He's like, Listen, Jocelyn's hot, but she's a total bottom feeder. I would never go for her. Who calls a woman a bottom feeder? First of all, that's gross. But then Stephanie, who we love, she's kind of just like, I know, you're right. But I would be like, don't call a woman a bottom feeder, you fucked up piece
0: of little shit. I know, don't call them hot, but a bottom feeder. I know, I, I was mean, disgusted don't call by them Derek. Either, yeah.
1: And I was disgusted by her because you have to say, hey, don't say that about a woman, even if I don't like her.
0: Yeah, I'd be like, don't reassure me by shitting on a woman and just tell oh, me that you're interested in me feeder. only yeah
1: it's like oh
0: yeah that was like very jarring to be like oh my god what like geez so Derek walks away and then Virgil walks up to Stephanie and they start reminiscing about the good old days and it's I know. really it, cute it's
1: super like believable and sweet and like I love it so much
0: I know and like they start laughing to the point where another library goer has to shush them because they're getting so carried away by their happy memories Stephanie basically like says that she misses the good old days of like the trace amigos when like Mm -hmm. they were all close including Derek and she she tells him she's like you know Virgil like that day meaning the incident she's Mm -hmm. like Derek really like did try to like stop those football players and like Mm -hmm. I know he feels really bad about the way things went down and like I really just wish we could all be friends again and it's it's sad and you're like oh I wonder if that's true now it's time for some more time travel.
1: Yeah, so they keep on saying that they have to
0: dress really warmly. Yeah, they cuz they say it's temperatures may vary when traveling <laughs> through time. Sort of like when you get on a plane and it's like it might yeah. be cold, bring a sweater. <laughs> yeah,
1: I guess. All right. So they're all bundled up. Yeah, they're wearing like, um, you know,
0: scarves but and then I'm hats. like, is
1: the temperature variant like 20 degrees lower or is it like going to be like negative? Like I feel like I don't understand, but Yeah, they don't okay. they don't harp
0: on it. They just throw they, it out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, Zeke has an accessory that he wants to use for time travel, which is a grappling hook. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what's with the hook? And he's just like, you making fun of the hook? And they're scared of him. So they're like, no, 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 we we love the hook. But they're clearly like, why are you bringing a hook? Because it is kind of like scary. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if Zeke was an American Girl doll, he would just have a hook. You know, how they'll have like a scooter, yeah, a would being his accessory,
1: and a motorcycle.
0: But yes, they are ready for their first time time traveling. They're no longer just going to throw Albert Feline Stein in there. This is their time to shine. Yeah. And they have like a cool diving board, like from a pool. And that's how they launch themselves into yeah. the vortex. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, obviously the special effects are corny when they jump in. It's like they they swirl all around and like get tiny and they make a sound like. Yeah. <laughs> um, But they are going back in time to try to get this winning lottery ticket. When they go back in time, they
1: go up to get a lottery ticket and. And outside there is this man named Robot Man and this is the part of the movie that I remember the best from childhood. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. So there's this little robot man and it's kinda like, okay, noted. And then they go in to get the lottery ticket and they're too young. The woman is like, Can I see some ID? And they're like, Oh shit, we forgot about that. We're not eighteen. So they ask the robot man who's also like a
0: mime. So they yeah, have to like this is like a very common thing. It's like a street performer where it's like he's dressed all metallic and he moves like a robot and you like give him tips for yeah. his work. So
1: they have to give him tips to like get him to engage Mm -hmm. so they're tipping him and then they're basically saying like can you buy us a lottery ticket with this number Mm -hmm. and after they tip him a lot he agrees but then they have to go back to the school to get back to the time machine so they're like okay we'll come back tomorrow like hold on to the ticket we'll come back tomorrow to see if it wins yes um Yeah
0: because charlie has said casually that they only have 10 minutes or they can explode (laughs) doesn't explain why casually yeah i don't really understand but yeah so they they're on a time crunch so they're like robot man you do this for us but then of course unsurprisingly when they come back in the present tense to the convenience store the next day, there's a news crew and the robot man is celebrating his, his lotto win. win. He's not going to give it back they, to them.
1: Yeah, they deserve that. That was insane to trust a stranger with a ticket that you know was going to win. Yeah.
0: That was so silly of them. That was. That was very little kid trusting vibes. Yeah.
1: And so then they go back to school and Virgil wants to do that again. And Charlie's like, no, Virgil, like it's wrong. Like we're using, using this for selfish reasons. Like it should be used to help someone. Um, and Virgil's just kind of like, I want to use it to be popular and rich. Like, he's
0: not really getting it. No. And Charlie's just like, no, no, no. Like, I know there's, like, a good use for this. We just have to, like think outside the box and as they're having this conversation they're in the locker room at school Mm -hmm. and Chester the nerd comes in and his towel he was just hitting the showers and some mean bullies have taken his clothes to humiliate him so he has to like run out in the hallway to try to find them and you know there's like girls and teachers and everyone seeing him in his towel and they're just laughing at him and humiliating him and it really inspires Charlie he's like oh now I know what we should do with this machine. And now we cut to Charlie and Virgil pitching an idea to Zeke. And and Virgil, like, this is very close to his heart because he gives this, this pitch where he's like, one moment in time can ruin your life. Like, it can make everyone think you're a loser forever. And you, like, can't get that reputation off of you. Well,
1: he basically says, like, if I had known that sticking up for Charlie would ruin my whole life, I never would have done it. Yeah. And Charlie is there. And he's just kind of like okay like
0: <laughs> I know it's like so mean <laughs> it's like their
1: three-year friendship he's like I knew
0: that I could avoid that I totally would have <laughs> I know it's so sad it's so sad and Virgil also says he's like well he comes up with the name Minutemen which he's we're gonna see he tries to get to catch on yeah. for a while and he's like the Minutemen like we have to be all about like truth and justice and he's really getting fired up about like ooh, we can really change people's lives for the better right So they do ultimately agree that this is going to be their mission statement (laughs) Mm -hmm. and this is going to be their focus. They're ready to time travel again and they decide that the first thing they're going to do is go back in time and help Chester with this humiliating moment. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're getting ready to go um, but just then Jeanette walks in. They're like
1: fuck and at first they like think about getting rid of her but then Zeke and Virgil are kind of like we should just like let her in on it because then she because they need someone to stay back yeah so like when they go to time travel
0: they need someone to like be at the machine which totally makes sense makes sense in like make adjustments like monitor it if anything weird happens right
1: and I guess they trust Jeanette is smart enough to do this yeah
0: it's um, pretty crazy how quickly they trust Jeanette like there's this moment where like you know, Virgil and Zeke are kind of trying to convince Charlie that they should. And Charlie's just like, no, 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 no. And then he's like, fine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So they like let Jeanette in on the time travel um, yeah. and she agrees to stay back. But she's like, but first we have to do something about those
0: outfits. Yeah, she's more worried about how they look than the fact that time travel has been invented.
1: I know. She's like, you guys don't really look like time travelers. And so she gets them kind of if you've seen the movie, you know, the iconic white suits that they wear with the goggles. And, and the she like fur lined hoods. Yeah, they're very chic, very Eskimo fashion. And she says that she was able to get them because her dad just bought Ski World. Right. So she's pretty
0: rich. <laughs> I guess so. And so, yeah, now they do look pretty fly. I can't lie to you guys. So they go back in time to Chester's humiliation. And I thought they were going to like be slick and like put new clothes in chester's locker but they fully like show up in their snowsuits and You're they're like not hey slick. chester here's some clothes they are not <laughs> slick at all they're like not worried at all about like the consequences like the ripple effects
1: right also like virgil totally wants the fame like yeah. he wants people to know it's him totally
0: oh yes he does yeah he's trying to start like a." Uh, like a brand awareness campaign of like the Minutemen. like yeah, that's very much his goal totally so we see that instead of walking out into the hallway naked chester walks out in these like clothes that are i think supposed to make him look cool but he kind of looks like a grandpa
1: yeah he's like i got some new threads you guys can keep those um and we see that the person that took um Chester's clothes it's not really like a jock more like of a punk kid
0: he kind of reminds me of like again in Ned's Declassified like Boomer I love Boomer I love Boomer
1: he's such a good character
0: I know so as they're like running to get back to the time machine um in time they crash into vice principal Tolkien's like model replica he has of the school destroying it so Tolkien has like a vendetta against the snowsuit guys after this
1: and then we go to a scene at what like is probably a diner I guess in the town Oh, yeah. It's called Burger Hour. And Jocelyn, the bimbo nail girl, is there. And she goes up to a teen working at this place at the diner and is like, "Um, instead of us coming to get our food up here, can you bring it to our table? And this boy is quaking with hormones. He's like... Um, yeah, yeah, totally. Jocelyn like literally so horny for her. Yeah. And so she goes to sit down and there's like a wet floor sign and she moves it. So when Eugene comes to bring the food, he falls Mm. and gets food all over himself. And it's so mean of Jocelyn.
0: It's so, so mean. Like, don't you have anything better to do with your life, Jocelyn?
1: She doesn't, I guess, because she's waiting for Derek to be open to cheating.
0: I know. (laughs) And it's so sad. And everyone laughs at this poor kid. And this one guy's like, way to go, Eugene.
1: Yeah. And, um... Zeke is there and he sees this and he's like, okay, this looks like a case for the freaking Minutemen. Yes. So the Minutemen decide to go back in time and change this scene. So it starts the same way. Jocelyn goes up, but then the Minutemen intervene when Eugene is walking. So basically Eugene doesn't spill it all over himself. Basically like They catch him. Yeah. They catch him and like water splashes
0: on the girls instead, right? The mop from like the wet floor, like from like the bucket that was causing the wet floor oh yeah yeah like flies and like hits the table of mean girls and like sprays them with dirty mop water and they're like ah and then and then this
1: um the guy that said way to go eugene is like way way to to go go, Eugene." eugene and then he goes Deja vu. I
0: love that part. It's so funny. (laughs) Deja vu. People are really starting to take notice of the snowsuit guys. And they're like, these dudes keep showing up and like being really cool and saving the day and then running away. It's like so mysterious. And now we get a montage and Run It Back Again by Corbin Blue plays. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And yeah, we just see the Minutemen like, you know, rescuing a nerd from a vending machine like, saving a girl who was drooling on her desk and making it so she's not doing that anymore. And we see that Tolkien is like trying to catch them and figure out who they are. And the boys are also being followed by a guy in a suit and yeah, sunglasses. They look like the men in black. Yes, they definitely look like men in black. And it's like, oof, someone is on their trail. Yep. So that's kind of scary. And now in the next scene, we unfortunately see that Chester... Now that he's been saved from humiliation, he's turning into a jerk because he's kind of cool now. (laughs) The nerds are rebelling. Yeah, and there's this sad moment where um, Virgil hears Eugene like bragging about like, yeah, like I party with the snowsuit guys all the time, and Virgil's like, wait, who? And he's like, no one you'd know, Virgil, and it's like it's literally him.
1: And Virgil this haunts him because he wants, to, like, no, it's freaking me. <laughs> and he's it's like, like
0: he wants the attention. Yeah, and he's like, and it's the Minutemen, not the snowsuit guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wants his name to catch on. Yeah, so this is this is tough for Virgil, and yeah, we are unfortunately seeing that like by trying to correct the social order, they're sort of just creating new villains
1: yeah chester's being a
0: dick he's like being so rude he's bullying people yeah it sucks to see and now stephanie runs up to virgil and she's literally wearing a snowsuit guy's shirt and oh my god they have merch that they didn't Virgil's even make loving that <laughs> he's obsessed you see
1: his crush wearing his merch
0: kind of crazy though that there's unauthorized merch like that they didn't create like who's I know. profiting off he's this he's
1: pissed he should be pissed
0: yeah But he's not pissed because Stephanie gives him some good news. She got into like her dream school, UC Beaumont, and she tells him that she applied for a cheerleading scholarship, which she's like waiting to see if she gets. Um, But she's like really hoping to get that. And she's just super excited. And he's really happy for her. He is
1: so sweet and genuinely happy for her. And I love to see it.
0: Now, so Charlie and Virgil and Zeke are eating lunch together in the lunchroom. And Charlie's like okay, I kind of have something I didn't tell you guys about the time travel formula. And he reveals that he casually stole part of the formula <laughs> from NASA. Yes, yes, like so
1: bad. Charlie, you're unhinged. And they're like, what? And everyone in the lunchroom
0: stares at them because they just like screamed this. Yeah. um, It's bad. It's really bad. And I kind of like it because like, I mean, I don't know how you would hack NASA as a 14 year old. However, like it kind of does make it Ever so much more slightly but realistic that like this. he took like inspiration from like real geniuses like something yeah. classified and like built off it I don't know yeah
1: he found like defunct um, files that haven't been touched in decades
0: exactly and that's kind of how he like um, calms them down a little bit he's like guys like no one cares about these files like they're from the sixties they've been untouched like all we have to do is just like lay low for a little while and like not use the machine for a bit and like I think we'll be okay. And and they agree to this, but then
1: Stephanie, Virgil's crush, his obsession, <laughs> breaks her leg. She falls off the top of the pyramid squad. And so now it's like, is she going to be able to get this scholarship? And so now Virgil's like... I, I want to go back in time and stop that.
0: Yeah. And Charlie's like, dude, no. He's like, dude, we're being followed by men and black guys as it is.
1: <laughs> he's like, the FBI is on our trail. Like, I know you have a little crush, but
0: come on.
1: He's like, we're facing jail time. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but ultimately, there is this really sweet but sad dynamic where it's like, Charlie just like looks up to Virgil so much and I loves know. him so much. I
1: know. He really loves him.
0: That it's like he's kind of willing to do whatever for him, even if it's like literally going to get them jail time. Truly.
1: So they do this. They go back in time. And the Minutemen ride in on uh, Charlie's weird little vehicle. Yeah, his on, rocket car. His rocket car onto the football field. Eugene goes up to these cool kids. He's like, "Might if a hacky sack with you? <laughs> and he hacky sacks. And the hacky sack goes into the air and, like, hits Chelsea on top of the pyramid. Yeah. And so as she's falling, uh, Virgil runs up and he catches her in his Minutemen suit. And she goes... I don't know who you are, but you're amazing. And then he says like, get out or something. He says, get out, which is like what he always says. He always says. And so she is like, I think I know who this
0: is. Yeah, this look on her face of like, oh my God. He
1: can't help himself. He had to know. He I knew know. He knew that he was telling her, it's me.
0: He knew. He knew. He Come couldn't on. let her think it was some other guy. Come on. This is yes. the woman of his dreams. Yes. Also, there is a cool element to the fact that Eugene's the one that knocked her off because Eugene wouldn't have gone up to those cool kids mm-hmm. if they didn't, you know, save him. So they really do introduce this thing of like everything they're doing is causing unintended consequences. Butterfly like butterfly effect. Yeah, like, stephanie probably wouldn't have gotten hurt in the first place if they never did any of this yes so it's like chaotic if Um, they didn't
1: make eugene think he could even go up to a popular kid to begin with
0: exactly and during this scene too tolkien is um driving to school and he sees this going on yeah tolkien like tries to catch them because he's really mad at the minutemen for destroying his model (laughs) of the school so he hates them he's like oh i need to get you kids and when he sees them, he like stops his car short, which causes a car accident with the robot man and this yeah. old lady. So he's
1: kind of giving now. This is not what I want. Sharpay. This is not what I planned. He's giving that.
0: Yeah, he's like, this is not the social order of my school.
1: Yeah, he's like, stick to the status quo, you little freaks. And then we see this little. This is not important, but I have to say because it's so funny. This little scene at school where Chester is bullying the kids that originally stole his clothes, and oh, the yes. punks are like principal vice principal oh Chester's bullying us he's harassing
0: us <laughs> it's so funny like the mean kid's body language like he looks like so worried he's like he's making us feel really scared it's like yeah, so and funny. this kid is
1: full punk so you gotta imagine leather 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 piercings 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 and yeah. he's scared of Chester
0: it's so funny and vice principal Tolkien is like I don't tolerate people leapfrogging into different social positions so like Chester it's okay you actually are in trouble. Like, I I, yeah. I can't let this stand. You're yeah. a nerd. You can't be acting this way. Yeah,
1: Chester's unhinged.
0: Yeah, I kind of agree with Tolkien. Like, no, you're a place nerd. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> Well, I
1: agree that, like, if you're only nice because you're a nerd, fuck you.
0: Yeah, that shouldn't be what's keeping you. Yeah. yeah. But so Charlie is starting to get seriously freaked out because he has a newspaper that has a headline that says, Robot Man Sues Old Lady. And he's like chester getting in trouble robot man suing old lady like this is not normal like our actions are having unintended consequences and like i'm actually getting really nervous about the implications of what we're doing and he's freaked out and he's like this world has gone mad mad i tell you uh, and it's then like you've made the world gone mad babe i know it's all it's all your fault, it's all boys. Your fault charlie and now we go to Virgil raking in his backyard and Stephanie comes to pay him a visit. And no surprise, she figured out
1: yeah. who the Minutemen
0: are because of him saying, get out.
1: Yeah. She's like, I know it's you. And then she's like, I know how you're doing this, like how you're helping people before bad things happen. She thinks they're psychic. But as she says that, Virgil's like, we're time
0: travelers. And she's like, wait, what? Yeah. He like, admits it like trying to be like no 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 we're not time travelers and she's like i didn't say anything about time travelers yeah she's
1: like i thought you were psychic you're time travelers she's like
0: no and she's like you are that's so dope she thinks it's so dope and cool so their secret is starting to get out and now we cut to a football game because virgil's like someone always embarrasses themselves at these games like we got to be here on the ready um and the coach is laying the pressure on derek thick he's like Just forget about the fact that there's only six seconds left and everyone's counting on you and like you, you know, have the power to make or break everything for the school. Like, don't think about any of that. So it's like, oh, no. Yeah. So the six seconds, the final six seconds start and Chester takes it upon himself to run onto the track in his boxers and do crowd work. Insane. Chester, know your place. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting because it's like the thing that used to be humiliating for him. He's like reclaiming. I know. He's like, women with the word slut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, my body, my choice. I'll run onto the field naked. No one can embarrass me with my own nudity. So, yeah, he's doing that. And yeah. Derek is so distracted by this half naked nerd.
1: Yeah. But he blows it. They lose the game.
0: Yeah. And it's humiliating for him. So, Stephanie takes it upon herself to bring Derek over to Virgil's house and tell him the secret of the time travel. Not cool. Not cool stuff. Big mouth vibes. Yeah.
1: Come on.
0: And Derek totally blames Chester. He literally says, I don't know what's gotten into these dorks lately. They don't know their place anymore.
1: You see Stephanie go like, oh my God. Like you see her face go like, don't say that.
0: Yeah, she's like, that's so embarrassing. Like, don't say that in front of Virgil. Like, he's a he's good a person nerd. and a nerd. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like your former best friend. Yeah, like Derek cannot read a room I for know. the life of him. But basically, they want Virgil to go back in time and change the outcome of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and Derek like really tries to like be like, you know, dude. Like again, I know we never really talked about what happened that day freshman Ugh, year, but like. Eye-roll. I know he's like I really did like try to have your back and try to stop those guys and I just want to get back to how things used to be when we were always chilling that's what he says and they actually do their scorch handshake for the first time in probably three years yeah
1: and the issue honestly like I mean we see something that he does more malicious later but like if I was Uh, I would not even expect a freshman to like stick up for me. I would just expect him to be there for me after this had happened, which seems like he wasn't like totally. I wouldn't expect a freshman to like try and stop a ton of seniors from like physically doing something because like what could he do? Yeah. But it's just like you need to be there for him after which you weren't.
0: Yeah, and especially now it's like Derek has so much power in the school. The fact that you don't ever yeah. use that to like invite Virgil along or like yeah, those tell people that, that Virgil's school to him
1: graduated.
0: Seriously, he has no excuse for the fact that he's like never once tried to like bring no. Virgil into the fold. No, it's so gross. It's really gross, and I think there's a deep psychological thing going on, which happens where I think Derek. Remi- I think Virgil reminds Derek of the loser he used to be. Yeah,
1: for sure. So he
0: can't bear to be around him, and right, it's like right. that is so fucked. No, that's that's so true. Yeah, and that's why like. A lot of times when people like catapult to a new social status, they leave the people from before behind.
1: When people like do that to people, it's because they're, they feel like that's who I really am I know. and I need to get away from anyone that reminds me of who I really am. Yes. And it's, yeah. And it's like people that sad. actually are like, I'm cool and awesome. Don't need to mean to nerds. Cause they're like, that person doesn't remind me of
0: myself. Exactly. It's so <laughs> yeah. true. You usually hate people that remind you of yourself. Yeah, for it's sure. very true. Totally. Um. So yeah, but you know, virgil is like this is this is um this is tempting to him like he does want the life that he thought he deserved Mm -hmm. and he does like miss Derek on some level his
1: best friend for years
0: yeah and so he's like okay like i got you we can do this and stephanie smiles because she's clearly just like so happy to have her two boys back together now we cut to charlie who's like I don't get why you would want to help Derek after what he did to us. And Virgil's like, no, 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 like you've got it wrong. Like he wanted to help us that day. And Charlie's like, well, either way, like our time travel could be damaging the space time continuum. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't think we should be doing any more of it right now. And Virgil points out, he's like, listen, what happened at the game is technically our fault. Like Chester wouldn't have done that if we hadn't saved him. So like, technically we're just like evening the score. And Charlie's like oh I guess you're right and then there's this like little metaphor moment where Zeke in the background is playing with like a blow-up ball of the world and he like drops it yeah. and it's like yeah this is getting really out of control yeah they're changing the course of history it's not good yeah so the guys do time travel to change the results of the game and Jeanette who is staying back holds a newspaper as they go and we like see the headline change from like the Rams fumble to like the Rams win mm-hmm. so they successfully did it Virgil talks to Stephanie and Derek, you know, about the fact that they did this and it was a success. And Derek is like, dude, you got to celebrate with us. Like I'm having a party at my place tomorrow. Like you got to be there. And Virgil says that he has plans with Charlie. But then when he says them out loud, he realizes how lame they sound because they're literally having like a weather channel marathon. Mm -hmm. So he's like, oh my God, I just realized how lame that is. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course I'll be there.
1: Yeah. So they go to the party at Derek's and Stephanie and Virgil are talking about being popular versus being uncool. And Stephanie's been like, it's really not all it's cracked up to be. Like you guys always look like you're having so much fun. Mm -hmm. And Virgil's like, oh, like from our side, it looks like you guys are having all the fun. Um, And it's like sad. And then Derek comes over and he's like, it's so
0: great partying again with you Verge <laughs> and he like plops himself down on the couch like right between virgil and stephanie who were like having a moment yeah i yeah. know that like she's his girlfriend but i'm like Ugh. and also in this scene we again see him making eyes at jocelyn so like yeah, he's
1: like so trying to cheat
0: yeah he is and no i love this conversation that virgil and stephanie have because i think that's so real how like yeah especially at this age like the grass is always greener like I remember in high school like not only was I envying popular kids and thinking their lives were perfect but like also yeah like some kids that maybe like on paper were nerdier I was like they seem happier because they seem like they have like more authentic friendships or like they seem like they're like more just enjoying life and I feel like no matter what your social group is in high school you don't think it's the right one and you envy other people
1: I feel like I never really envied like kids that are popular just because I thought popular boys were so scary that I was like i don't want to be around them yeah. like, no, like i never really was like jealous because i just was like i feel like i'm gonna hear like a
0: slur yeah that's so true <laughs> that's so true yeah i know it's it is so i just think that is so real about that age though you're just like is yeah. everyone else doing something better than what i'm doing
1: yes and then like you yes. do
0: start to outgrow that if you're lucky yeah um But so now we see that Charlie lives across the street from Derek and we can see that he sees through his window Virgil dancing at this party and Virgil never called to cancel his plans with him. So he's just like, damn, you blew me off to go party with the cool kids. That's really hurtful. Right. Um, and the next day Virgil's like, Charlie, like how many times do I have to apologize? Like, I'm super sorry. I just, you know, I I won't do it again. And Charlie's like, okay, fine, fine, fine. I'm more worried about like the ripple effects of our time travel. (laughs) And Virgil's like, totally, totally. Let's talk about this. But then he gets another call and he's like, oh dude, I'll call you right back. I'm just going to see who's on the other line. But when he picks up the call waiting, it is Stephanie and she's crying. Yes. She's in tears. So he's like, I'm coming over right now. So he rushes to Stephanie's house without calling Charlie back.
1: And guess what? Derek cheated with Jocelyn. Stephanie went over to his house after football practice and she saw
0: Derek and Jocelyn locking lips. As we knew he would at some point.
1: Because he's been like, I fucking her this whole movie.
0: Literally and gaslighting Stephanie about yeah, Derek
1: it. Derek sucks.
0: He sucks so much. And I love the girl who plays Stephanie's acting here because she's great. It's just very real how she's just like, oh, like I knew it, but like I didn't like trust my gut. I feel so stupid. Like her, actually, <laughs> is like, so good. I knew
1: when my boyfriend called a girl a bottom feeder. I should have had follow up questions. Yes, <laughs>
0: and you were you should have trusted your gut, Steph. Um, but it's a it's a sweet moment where she's like Virgil, like you're such an amazing friend, like for being here for me, like oh that's amazing. Um, but like while they're having this sweet moment, like Derek's so cute. It's so cute, and he cute. does Zac
1: Efron realness because oh, he yes. climbs up.
0: He enters through her balcony. Yes, he scales her balcony like HSM. He's so real. I love you, Jason Dolly. I love you, Jason Dolly too. Oh my God! While they're having this cute moment, she gets a call from Derek, and she's like, "Listen, I I should talk to him because I just need to end this once and for all." And he's like, "Okay, I'll go." And she's like, "Thank you again, he's like sweet. for he's checking like, Good on luck."
1: Me. I know. He's so sweet, and like he, she was like, "Can you come over?"
0: He gets her. He's there for maybe a minute, and then she's like, "Can you leave?" It's like, like, "We have to walk home." Like, Virgil is green flags. I know. Now we're back at burger hour, that little diner, and one of the guys that has been following them that we've seen like in a suit and glasses, he's there, but he's in like street clothes, just kind of like keeping an eye on the boys. Mm-hmm. Zeke is there. Actually, some girls are flirting with him. They like, like his mysterious vibes. <laughs> they're like, you aren't really dark and unapproachable. Can we sit
1: with you? Yeah.
0: They're like into <laughs> his vibe.
1: That's so girls.
0: I know. Zeke totally would have like.
1: Oh yeah. All the bitches. Girls. Yeah. yeah.
0: And meanwhile, Derek and Virgil are in a booth together and Derek is being such an asshole. He's like, dude, you just don't know what it's like being like really popular, a great athlete. Like people expect me to cheat. People expect me to play the field.
1: Yes. And he's like, Jocelyn kissed me. It's like, why are you alone with her? Like, yes. Are you guys having an intellectual conversation? I
0: don't buy it. Yeah. You know that she wants to kiss your face. Even if it is true, she made the first move. You put yourself in that position and you liked it yeah no he's so trash i know and he has the audacity to ask virgil to go back in time and stop stephanie from busting him that's what he says he's not even like he's stop not even me from yes, cheating he
1: wants to go back in time to avoid just her finding out which yeah. is so shady
0: which is effectively wiping her memory let's be honest that's like what it he's is He's giving her a lobotomy yes without it's her so consent fucked up it's so fucked up and virgil is obviously like whoa 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 i don't know about that <laughs> and derek's like dude like i i like i made a huge mistake like stephanie and i have been together for so long like i care about her so much like please like i would never do anything like this again like i need your help and virgil's like "Ah, i gotta think about it um and it's like virgil you better not do that that's so messed up i know on behalf of women everywhere you had better not. he's taking
1: away her autonomy
0: yes um so cuts of virgil walking down the street after this conversation he gets taken into an fbi van he gets kidnapped by the fbi right big tone shift huge Some may say huge, yeah. And he gets taken to like the local FBI headquarters. Sure, and he's like, "Oh, you got the wrong guy." But like, I can give you the names of the other two guys. And then (laughs) Charlie and Seeker right there. They're like,
1: "Oh, really?" And he's like,
0: "I would have given fake names." They're like, "Mm -hmm. "Yeah, sure, sure, verge." and basically the fbi is on to them and there's this fbi agent agent rehnquist and he's like you know someone hacked into the nasa mainframe and someone from somerton high is who we know it was now charlie is like ready to confess he's like okay fine and virgil's like if you're not going to charge us with a crime you can't keep us here and He reveals that he got a b minus or was it a b plus he got a b in government class yep so he knows a thing or two about his rights as a citizen so he's like you have to let us go and so they do let them go they just walk right out of the fbi headquarters yeah and the fbi is like we'll be watching (laughs) yeah yeah it's a little scary and outside virgil immediately goes on the attack on charlie he's like dude like thanks to you now we've got the freaking fbi on our back
1: yeah it's like dude you're the one that wanted to keep using the machine charlie's like fuck off you little bitch but in different words than that yeah charlie's like
0: dude you're the one that's yeah exactly been pushing us and
1: zeke's kind of like going in on them too and then uh basically virgil's like come on zeke like we gave you a life you were just like this scary kid before you we like helped you And then Zeke says, I'm better off on my own. I always have been. I was like, oh, the loner. And I love the loner. The um, I also just love at this point, Charlie just says after Virgil is like being mean to Zeke, but like we gave you a life. Charlie just says, you're being mean, which I love. I
0: know. I
1: know. I'm a sucker for that. I know. you mean, Virgil. It's just so sweet to be like, you're just like being mean. Stop.
0: I know. And- virgil's just like go home to your cat charlie and he's like i will man good luck with your new life yes yeah, seriously it's so sad i love you charlie i love you too the scene is sad i'm like oh my god Actually, stop fighting so boys sad. you're better together your
1: crash goes my world
0: literally it's so sad and so like the band is broken up and later that night Virgil gets a call from Derek, and Derek's like, Are you going to help me? And he says, Sure, because he's like feeling like now that he lost his friends, he needs to like do a popular boy's bidding. And I'm like, Virgil, no. Virgil, no. don't go to the dark side. And then Charlie wakes up to a shaking, and it's literally Jeanette shaking his bed. Yeah, this is insane. He's like, Oh, and she's like, Your mom let me in. And she's like, Talking about their futures together.
1: She needs to learn the art of the chase.
0: Yes. Yeah so true Nora um but Charlie's like okay wait Jeanette like pause on you like talking about our futures I need to look at some data I was running last night and that model like simulation of time travel thing that he originally Mm -hmm. showed Virgil that I said looked like the tornado from the great escape basically like the original model was black and white and now it has all this scary red in it (laughs) like I don't know if that's like what would show error but okay I know I know it's just like to show that it's bad. And Jeanette's like, (laughs) I'm no scientist, but that looks bad. Yeah. And Charlie is like, yeah, it is. We created a black hole. (laughs) Yeah. Charlie actually goes to the FBI headquarters and like confesses to everything because he's like, I'm in over my head. I need help. Yes. And those like white lab coat guys we've been seeing are there too. We learned that they're from the seismology department at Pacific Tech. So they're all going to like band together and figure out like, how can we close this black hole? Yep. Um, And then meanwhile, there's a dance. There's a dance. It's 1950s theme. And
1: Virgil is there with Stephanie. Yeah. And they're going together. And so cute. And basically, they win. Prom king and prom queen.
0: Yeah, no. Virgil went back in time to stuff the ballot boxes so he would get to be prom king with with Stephanie, his crush. Self-interest baddie. Yeah, very excessive reason to time travel but yeah like they get to have crowns and they get to slow dance together as king and queen and it's the sweet moment where you know Stephanie's like this is weird and Virgil's like yeah and then he's like wait why is it weird and like the way he says it is so sweet I know and she's like no 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 it's just like different but like in a good way like it's just like crazy how you can so... know someone your whole life and now it's like different and he's and like, I'm thinking yeah. about thinking having sex with them yes <laughs> yeah. yeah they're seniors they're getting ready for that there, yeah um, but it's really sweet. It's like a romantic moment. But just when they're about to literally kiss, because Stephanie is single as a Pringle now, mm-hmm. Derek runs up and he's like, dude, like, it's time. Like, your promise? So he's, like, pulling him away to, like, wipe his crush's memory clean.
1: That's fucked
0: up. So Virgil and Derek, like, run out into the hallway together. And Stephanie's, like, you know, obviously, like, where are they going? And some people at the dance are like, oh, They're probably about to go fight because like Derek is probably mad that Virgil's with his girl. So like all these people chase them into the hallway being like, fight, 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 fight. fight." But meanwhile, Charlie is like running to the school and he finds Stephanie and he's like, hey, 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 have you seen Virgil? And she's like, yeah, he's with Derek. And he's like, oh, no, no. Is he time traveling? And Stephanie's like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, probably. (laughs) And so Charlie's like, ah, like literally we can't have any more time travel. Like I have to go stop him. So everyone's like running to catch Derek and Virgil. Virgil tells Derek he's like I I think I've changed my mind about this and Derek's like don't tell me you're gonna try to steal my girl and Whatever. he's like and he's like we're friends friends don't do that to each other it's like Derek you wouldn't know the meaning of friendship if yeah, it bit you on the ass fuck you Derek literally and finally Charlie does catch up with Virgil and he's like we have less than an hour to save the planet
1: Loki. and this is like the first time Virgil is like hearing of this so he's like wait like what yeah and so basically they like have to go into
0: the time machine again to go through this black hole yeah they have to go into the black oh, hole yeah. in order to close it which like yes obviously is like truly like scientifically no none of this adds up not just makes sense. don't worry about it and so as they're kind of like having this conversation it's like you know charlie and virgil and Derek and like the whole school it's just like a lot of people gathered in this hallway and there's a lot going on mm-hmm. and vice principal tolkien comes out and he's like this looks like the beginning of a fracas like this looks like a fight like yeah yeah break it up everyone back in the gym like i'll hand out detentions later everybody get back in the gym and then Agent Rehnquist from the FBI shows up and he's like, freeze, FBI. And then another guy comes out and he's like, freeze, CIA. And then the guy that we've been seeing following them throughout the movie, like looking like a men in black man, Mm -hmm. he comes out and he's like, freeze, Bureau of Weights and Measures. And it's very anticlimactic. And it's like, what even is the Bureau of Weights and Measures? Like throughout this whole movie, we've been thinking you were like FBI or CIA and you're not. Um, So I did just look up what the Bureau of Weights and Measures was because I didn't know. It is a government organization that, according to the USA.gov website, quote, works to ensure that consumers get what they pay for and sellers get fair payment for the goods and services they sell by promoting a uniform and technically sound system of weights and measures. So yeah, basically now everyone is on the scene, the FBI, the CIA, the whole school. And we do see that a black hole has opened in the middle of the football field. Yeah.
1: So now they have to go into it. And so- It's the only way to save the world. They're walking out and everyone is like cheering them on and they're like loving the fame and glory. They're like so horny for it. But it's like, you guys like, Why people love them is a mystery to me because this is a chaos of their own making. Like, the world is ending because they started it. So, like, don't be, like, acting like you're a celebrity. Like, you're a villain. Um, But basically, like, they're walking out and we see these girls, like, thirsting for Nicholas Braun. And then we see Jeanette come up and literally kiss Charlie on the face and he's literally shook by this he can't even move he's paralyzed because he can't believe a girl planted a big one on him i know and he has to be carried away basically by zeke and then we see stephanie and virgil have a little cute moment where she's just like Virg, like be careful okay
0: Mm. and he's like okay it's sweet but they don't kiss Ugh, they don't kiss and derek is literally like Virgil good luck with everything like still with the apocalypse looming he's like can you wipe my girlfriend's memory of my cheating ways yeah he's fucked up. up like Derek I can't with you I
1: can't with you Derek
0: um but no this is a scary situation and um they're you know they could die they're going willingly into a black hole which no one has ever done before because and they're it's teens not possible. where are their parents? You're right. We never even meet any of their parents.
1: Where are their parents? This is shocking yeah. that they're about to go into a black hole. We've seen no parental interactions. No. Okay. That's a bit insane. I that, <laughs> I didn't think about that till right now.
0: I didn't either. That is crazy. Absent parents much?
1: Yeah. They're like, just don't get home too late from the black hole. Yeah. It's like, What? Come again, it's
0: like, time travel or not, curfew's 10. Yeah, that's nuts. Um, And the crowd is chanting Minutemen as they're headed towards the black hole. And Virgil's like, they finally got the name right. Why are people, like, into them? It's like... Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. They uh,
1: caused a ton of
0: destruction. Yeah, that's really unclear to me. So they do. They dive headfirst into this black hole, which just looks like a, you know, like a sucking motion in the middle of the football field. Yep. And And now we cut to a sunny day because this had been like a dark, thundery night. Mm -hmm. Now it's a sunny day. We see a little blonde boy looking up at the sky where the black hole is opening and he's like, whoa. And like, you know, the guys fall out of the sky in their Minutemen suits and he's like spacemen. And Mm -hmm. I kind of like it because it kind of like hints at like, oh, this could be young Virgil, even though it's not. It's like the fact that he's blonde. I was like,
1: oh, I did not think that for a second. Oh, really? Part of me thought it
0: was going to be like, is this going to be I kind of because I forgot a lot about this movie. I was like, are we about? to see like young Virgil and Derek and Stephanie like I kind of thought that
1: well okay I have an issue with how that kind of happens later that Mm. I'll talk about because I'm confused okay um but basically they come out of the black hole and they're at like a playground Mm -hmm. and these kids are like nagging them like what planet are you from and they're kind of like this is a lot kids yeah um, but it like worked like they're
0: yeah or at least they got through the black hole and now they have to like well basically charlie like types furious furiously on this little computer and he's like i'm i'm reversing the wormhole's polarity and then he's like stabilization complete it's like so easy for him to fix and like he barely
1: <laughs> even gets anxious he's just like okay cool it works i'm like you literally thought that there was no way to reverse this
0: like 10 minutes ago also just like the black hole of it all it's like the black hole didn't suck anything into it, like only yeah. things that jumped in and like they were just completely fine. Like it just it yeah. is absolutely insane. Well,
1: I feel like with these tech movies, like they're always so charming in so many ways that because the writers are never actually like knowledgeable with this stuff, the endings are always kind of like insane because <laughs> yeah. they're like they can't tie it together that well because they're like, oh, fuck now, like our lack of knowledge is going to have to show in some way. Yeah, it's But so I true. still love
0: it. I do, too. And so but yeah, basically, like things are going well so far. And Charlie's like, we're now going to have 20 minutes until the vortex like touches the ground again. And when it does that, that's when we can jump back in to like, hopefully go back to our timeline. Mm -hmm. Um, But as they're like talking about, you know, the fact that things went well, Virgil picks up a paper and it's dated September 3rd, 2005. And he's like, oh, my God, that's the first day of freshman year. That's the incident.
1: The incident. And Virgil is like, oh my God, the wheels are turning. Yeah. And And then we see Virgil just run.
0: Take off Run into
1: the high school because he is wanting to undo the incident.
0: Yes. And I like that they at least try to explain why they came back to this day of all days. Like Charlie does explain that it's like, his rocket car was the beginning of his time travel tech. So like right, right. there is like, I mean, it doesn't make that much sense, but it's like it's at least something they in tried. the
1: space time continuum is
0: on this day. Exactly. Right. So it's like, okay, sure. But yes, Virgil is sprinting to the high school. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. And Charlie's just like,
0: I mean, and this next scene is so crazy. So they basically get to like, they're looking down at the football field from up on the bleachers. And are
1: they there? because this is what i understand is when they go back in time other times like when they go back to help chester do they exist in that reality and as the Minutemen? like has that happened before
0: i think yeah there is like i read stuff online about how they don't address this but yeah the way this movie works is like their past selves are there as well but like they just don't interact with their past selves in any other time travel that they do which like I guess is fine but is a little bit weird they just like don't like go into that at all
1: right so it was like kind of jarring this part because I didn't really understand that that was the kind of time travel they were doing until this moment
0: yeah but no in theory they could like see their younger selves right now if they looked hard enough okay so they're standing on the bleachers and Zeke is like kind of trying to stop Virgil and Charlie is just like are you really thinking of stopping what's going on down there Mm -hmm. And Virgil's like, isn't this exactly what Minutemen do? Like undo mistakes? Like I made a mistake down there and I have a chance to actually like be somebody. He's calling
1: his three-year friendship with Charlie a mistake. Oh, it's so heartbreaking. It's so sad. And you see Charlie just be like deeply hurt by this. Yeah. And he's like, he says this, tragic line he says this day that you hate so much because you got a little embarrassed is my favorite day because that's when he met his best friend of three years he was like even after this day i knew i would still be a nerd but it wasn't as bad because i had you a real friend and Mm -hmm. he's like to hear that's a mistake for you is like very hurtful the emotion is so like raw in this scene from charlie it's like i actually felt like i was gonna cry No, this scene
0: is like really effective. It's
1: really effective. It's so good. And like
0: Virgil's choice just did feel like really like in your throat of like, yeah, maybe you will be like cooler and like Mm -hmm. in some ways, quote unquote, have like a better life if you do this, but you're like throwing away this incredible person. Yeah, and
1: Derek isn't a real friend to you, even if like that hadn't happened.
0: Exactly, no. And I, I also love just how like Charlie's just like, okay but know this like what what actually happened this day is that we became friends like it's not that something embarrassing happened it's it's that that is like literally what this day means is we are not friends without this day right and if you're gonna throw that away like okay like fine but i'm not gonna watch Is like kind of what the subtext is and he walks away and it's like
1: he's using charlie's tech to want wanting to undo (sighs) their friendship it's just like so sad
0: it's so sad and it's really heavy. And Charlie walks away and Zeke just says to Virgil, he's like, hey, do what you got to do here. Um, if like things aren't the same on the other side, like it's been a good run. Cause like Zeke mm-hmm. knows, like if you right. do this, I'm not going to freaking know you.
1: Right. Right.
0: Um, so it's really sad. It's like, oh shit. And yeah, it just really does make you like think really hard about the consequences of your actions and yeah. how everything you do can change everything. Zeke leaves and Virgil is alone, and he sees Derek down on the football field, young mm-hmm. Derek. And this is kind of the moment when, you know, Virgil and Charlie, young version, are getting carried mm-hmm. away by the football players to be hung up on the Ram statue. And mm-hmm. Derek says, Guys, don't do that because you should do this instead. You should smear this all over them. And he gives them the lipstick that they're going to put all over their faces.
1: Yeah. And so this is how Virgil knows that, like, Derek is full of shit when he says that he was like, no, I try to stop them. It's like the first opportunity he had to fit in with those guys, he was going to take. Yeah. Even at the cost of his friend.
0: Exactly. And like he added fuel to the fire in a way that he didn't even need to do. And that just really shows Mm -hmm. who he is. And it is heartbreaking. And now we see uh charlie and zeke and they're running to try to get back to the vortex in time and charlie's like oh my god like it's going into overdrive or like it's going double speed or basically like it's like closing faster than it was supposed to and he's like oh my god like if we don't get back like right now we're going to be stuck in this timeline forever Mm -hmm. And we see that Charlie actually like loses hope. Like he trips and Zeke's like, get up. And he's like, (laughs) it's it's over, it's over. It's like so cute when he trips and and he's he's just like, no, I quit. He's like, I'm 14. Yeah. And it's like really sad. And just when they're like literally giving up, Virgil comes up in the rocket car Yeah. And he gives the sweetest little speech. He's like, oh, you guys don't want to go back there. Like, some guys are getting roughed up by football players. It's, like, getting really ugly back there, and I almost felt bad for the kid, but then I was, like, what does he need me for? He's got a really good friend.
1: Oh, Okay, but they're taking, so they were just, like, we need to (laughs) run at top speed, and then they're having this extremely, like, long, emotional moment. I'm, like, hurry it along, boys. Like, have this conversation later because there's, like, at least, like, 10 seconds where they just kind of look at each other,
0: like, Hmm. I'm I know. like Charlie. You know what's going on. I know, but I guess the idea is now that they have wheels, they've bought themselves they some time.
1: Don't have that much time. Like they almost <laughs> miss it, even with the wheels.
0: No, it's true. It is true. So they all pile into the rocket car and they're speeding back to the black hole. And this is when Zeke finally gets to use his grappling hook. Mm-hmm. They Virgil drives the wrong way, and they're like, "Dude, it's back that way." And they're like, "Don't have that much time to like turn around." So. Zeke um, swings his hook around a lamppost and basically like slingshots them back around a cul-de-sac so they go the right way yeah and they're like yeah hook. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> sure the power of the hook and they drive back into the black hole in the nick of time yeah the nick of time but they make it back to present day and when they get back, because of the nature of time travel, like they're not back at the scene with the dance. They're back to the first day they ever time traveled. And no one knows who the Minutemen are. No one knows about any of this except for the three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're back to the scene where uh, Stephanie talks to Derek about being a lying cheese brain. Cause that's the day they first time traveled. Yep. Um, and so Virgil Walks into the library and as he's like going up to Stephanie, Derek walks by them and they're still in their Minutemen snowsuits and he says, nice outfit bozos. Or (sighs) nice outfits bozos. Yeah.
1: And then Virgil's like, I'm gonna stand up to him. Yes. And so he turns around, he's just like, Have fun with Jocelyn. (gasps) And then Derek's like, What? And then he's like, I know you both like lipstick.
0: yeah he's like so you must be a perfect match so he's showing Derek that he knows what he did knows. that day yes
1: and then Derek's like you were always gonna be a dork Virgil Oof. and then Virgil's like well you were always gonna be a jerk Derek oh
0: burn I'm obsessed with this dynamic obsessed and then he tells Derek to have a nice life as he should. And I love it because it's like, he's not even mad. He's just like, of course this would be who you turned out to be. Like, I'm just yeah. like, okay, wow. That's it for me. And it's like, totally, it is really sad, but it's so satisfying. Totally. Jeanette comes up to Charlie mm-hmm. and she's like, oh my God, you look like a superhero because she doesn't know about the time travel stuff. Mm-hmm. And Charlie just plants one on her.
1: Yeah. Kind of shocking.
0: And she's taken aback because like, again, in this In this reality, they have not spent that much time together, in all honesty. Well, yeah, they haven't kissed before. And Charlie
1: let that detail slip from his brain.
0: Yes. And so she walks away, like in shock, as Zeke is like, dude, remember, like, you guys haven't kissed yet. But then as she walks away, she smiles.
1: Charlie's like, oh my God. Oh, no, you're not. I can't explain.
0: Because he feels like a predator. Yeah, he's freaking out. (laughs) So cute. And then Virgil gets to talk to Stephanie and. She asks him, what's up with your suit? And he's like, oh, I was just rehearsing for um, a school play about time travel. Um, And it kind of got me thinking, if I could time travel, what would I do?
1: And he's basically like, I would tell Stephanie how I feel about her. Mm. And she has a boyfriend at this point. But she's like, I
0: think I would tell Virgil he's pretty cool too or something like that. This is the one moment I wish we like had had more time with. I
1: know. Because I'm like, I don't get what's going to happen with you guys. And like you are with Derek and like you don't know that he's cheating. So I'm like, I wish that like the cheating had already happened when, I don't know.
0: I know. I think they could have like paid a little more attention to this because this is really like one of the core things of the film that I care the most about is Mm -hmm. like what's going to happen with Virgil and Stephanie and like, they didn't quite stick the landing here. I know. And they didn't quite. You're right. But I do like, but it is sweet. Like, I'm glad that we at least saw like him tell her I like you and her be like, because clearly she did like him. Like, it's not like it comes out of nowhere. Like, even though it was complicated with Derek, like clearly the whole movie, like she lights up when they're together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, of course. But she like, feels more comfortable with him. Like he knows her better.
0: Yeah. Um, but I do feel like I wish this had been a little different. But as Virgil and Stephanie are having this nice moment charlie rushes up to virgil and he's like how do you feel about teleportation that's gonna be the next big thing he's wild he's wild he's onto his next idea and he's
1: gonna have a tough time with like adderall and <laughs> coke and his adult life
0: yes i complete or like yeah some kind of upper yeah but he but he really doesn't need more. like maybe he's gonna be on downers he, yeah maybe he'll be a downer king <laughs> <laughs> and yeah literally Virgil and Zeke have to like pull him away and like cover his mouth to be like stop like (laughs) shouting about like time travel and teleportation and Virgil just says to Stephanie I'll call you and she's like okay
1: I would love in high school to have Ben Stephanie and to date Jason Dolly's character and then always be around hilarious Charlie. I would just be laughing oh, and laughing.
0: I know. That's so true. To that would be so fun. I would feel like so Charlie in your corner. safe.
1: They'd be like, do you want to go for a game on a Friday night? I'm like, yes. Oh, <laughs> or maybe like play like
0: a board game.
1: Yeah. And Charlie's getting so mad. <laughs> That'd be so fun. Yeah, having soda, maybe some pizza. Oh,
0: the dream. Love. Love. Um, and that's the end of Minutemen. Wow. That's the end. Oh my God, I love it. Um, okay, so some fun facts. This movie was filmed in Utah at Murray High School. Damn, DCOMs love Utah. They're literally obsessed. And get this: so, Murray High School, the auditorium scene from High School Musical was also filmed there.
1: Oh my God.
0: And. Read It and Weep was also filmed there. So Jason Dolly probably felt very at home. Also, uh, a Back to the Future nod. So in that movie, the first uh, being to time travel is Einstein the dog. Here it's Albert Feline Einstein the cat. Mm. Um, I did watch a behind the scenes video of Minutemen where they introduced you to the cat who plays Albert. His name was Tennessee and they used a oh, stuffed cat. I they, love
1: that name for a cat.
0: I know. It's really cute. And they unsurprisingly used a stuffed cat to throw into the you know, time travel machine because you can't just chuck a cat on a set that wouldn't be ethical mm-hmm. um but yeah so i like i said i watched a like behind the scenes thing that aired on disney channel about this movie and it was so cute it was like nicholas and jason and luke benward who plays charlie talking about how they did their own stunts which basically amounted to them just like diving onto like mats because like <laughs> the black yeah like the black hole and the time travel machine was obviously all cgi so they would just like dive onto a mat and it'd be like added in post but like for the like you know when they like swirl into the time machine like they're Mm -hmm. like They would be on like harnesses like doing like flips and stuff to get that um and there was this great moment where nicholas braun was like this is don shanks the strongest man in the world like introducing uh the viewers to the stunt guy and he goes he goes he taught me how to dive like a man he taught me how to be a man (laughs) it's so funny and there's also a part in it where Nicholas teases Luke who plays Charlie about his kiss with Jeanette and Charlie's like you wish you had a kiss and Nicholas goes I do I want one (laughs) it's so cute that's
1: so cute I would love to hang out with this cast they're all icons I know such good vibes right I wonder if Nicholas Braun
0: still talks to either of those boys I hope so Nicholas
1: let us know we know you're a listener
0: Wait, I'm going to see if he follows them on Instagram right now. I can confirm exclusively on the G-combo <gasps> that Nicholas Braun does in fact follow both Luke Benward and Jason oh, Dolly on Instagram.
1: Cute. Okay, good. That's cute. I want them to be best friends and talk every night on the phone. Same. And if they don't, I'm really sad.
0: Same. No, I, I like always like need cast to be best friends and I'm mm-hmm. like devastated when they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, so Minutemen was written by John Killoran, David Diamond and David Weissman. Um, this is John's only thing, but the two Davids that I mentioned are sort of a writing duo and they wrote Old Dogs, which stars John Travolta and Robin Williams. And Uh they also wrote When When in Rome, that Kristen Bell movie.
1: Oh, so they're like comedy kings. Yeah, okay. no,
0: they are. And in 2019, they published a screenwriting manual together called "Bulletproof: Writing Scripts That Don't Get Shot Down." Ah, oh. so I feel like they're cool, and I really I mean, like this script. I love script. this
1: script. I was laughing
0: same i was literally laughing and we also did talk about how we felt like the direction was really good so this movie was directed by lev l spiro um in the behind the scenes video that i mentioned jason described lev as one of the coolest guys he's ever met and the girl who played jeanette described him as like a kid himself I see that for him. Yeah, and Lev, like, talked a lot in the the behind-the-scenes, and he just, like, yeah, had really good energy. And he talked about, he was like, yeah, this cast is amazing. He was, like, really, yeah, he was, like, really early in the rehearsal process. They just, like, were really bonded, and they, like, had, they were really natural together. The three
1: boys had such good chemistry, especially Jason and uh, Luke, who played Charlie. They, like, you really believed that they were good friends. Like, and and you really believe their dynamic. Like, it just was, I loved it.
0: I totally agree and i also thought that jason and um chelsea who played stephanie had really good chemistry Very good chemistry
1: for sure like
0: i believed they had history i
1: totally did they had such good chemistry
0: it was really sweet. But so, yeah, Lev um also directed the Wizards of Waverly Place movie. Oh, I love that movie.
1: Yeah. I yeah. love
0: Justin's arc in that movie. Oh, I can't wait to do it. I don't remember it that well. I'm oh, excited so to good. get back into it. But um, Lev has also just done like a ton of TV directing. And I did just want to shout out that he is in a power couple because he's married to Melissa Rosenberg, who wrote the adapted screenplays for all the Twilight movies so like they're just a power couple
1: wow the twilight movies are insane
0: i know i know she has like a really cool career though she was also like um the head writer on dexter for a while like cool stuff like that yeah um okay so the music was by nathan wang who did the music for dcoms including geek charming hatching pete and johnny Capahala back on board he also did the music for um literally she's the man oh. so he's really cool
1: uh him and jason are connected because jason is
0: also in hatching pete exactly um so yeah now we can talk about the cast so Mr. Jason Dolly, ugh, I mean, you know him from Read It and Weep. You know him as Newt Livingston and Cory in the House.
1: Yes. Good luck, Charlie.
0: Yep. And Hatching ha- Pete. <laughs> hatching Pete. Um, I did read a collider article that was like ranking all the decoms that described him as Disney Channel's human sheepdog.
1: What does that mean? I think it
0: just means that he's, like, full of energy. Oh, and, like, you know when people, like, yeah. affectionately say someone's, like, a dog? It's not, like, an insult. Yeah, he is. He's
1: just, like, kind of golden retriever boy vibes. Yes, exactly. I think that he's so talented. I think that he sh- He needs, like, a Nicholas Braun transition into something more serious mm. vibe. Or not even serious, but, like, actually, like, good, good comedy. Because he's really... I mean, I think he's just so good in this movie.
0: Yeah, he does still act. He Most recently, he was in a movie called Secret Agent Dingledorf and His Trusty Dog Splat which I don't okay. love for him, but, like, this is interesting. Like, I think he did kind of, like, it sounded, like, almost like it went in line with the pandemic, like, sort of a, a life change because, like, he has a uh, a Twitch channel. and he, Oh, love. Yeah, and he, like, plays chess on there, but, like, I, w- cool. I, like, I'm so weird when I research this stuff, but I, like, was looking at his Twitch page and there was, like, a note on it of him being, like, hey, guys, like, I love being on here, but I felt like I kind of, like, let this get more, um, like take up more of my time than acting and like i am an actor first so like i'm like scaling this back a little bit like i want to focus on acting on twitch yeah isn't that cool that's kind of sexy um luke benward is charlie and he sort of rose to prominence as the star of how to eat fried worms Yep, so cute and so cute he had a small role in dear john with um oh yeah you know channing tatum and i think he's in another
1: more recent Decom girl versus monster which has what's her name Olivia?
0: Yes. Baccarly. Olivia Holt and they Olivia actually Holt. dated for a bit after that. Like they met during that oh movie. Oh my god. Okay, T. Yeah, and he's also in the Decom Cloud 9 with dove Cameron. Oh yeah. That's snowboarding? Yes and he's also in dumplin with like jennifer aniston
1: ah cute
0: um and so yeah he used to date olivia holt um but go for him yeah but now he's been dating ariel winter aka alex from modern <gasps> family okay. since 2020 love, and love, they're love, like love i know they're like so cute go for him i know also he and jason did reunite on good luck charlie because he was Teddy's boyfriend, Bo in, like, the last season. He was oh. in, like, you know, a good, like, six episodes or good. something.
1: Good. I'm, I'm glad because I needed her away from Spencer. <laughs> Remember Spencer? Good luck, Charlie. Oh, yeah. He cheated on her, and then they Ugh. were back together. It's like,
0: come on. No.
1: I know. He had a full other girlfriend.
0: It's so sad. <laughs>
1: it's shocking. <laughs>
0: it's the worst type of cheating. It's like, oh, yeah. my girlfriends and found out about it. each other. he told
1: both of them that they were his cousin. Like, he told <gasps> me, like, oh, she's my cousin. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> God, the audacity! <laughs> and they found out in a yogurt shop. That's so classic. If Disney you know, Channel. you know. If you know, you know. Wow. No, but Luke Benward is so cute. He's he's just so likable, and yeah, yeah. And he and he also definitely still acts. So good on you, Cutie. boys. We did talk a lot about Nicholas during our Princess Protection Program program, program. episode. Yeah, our king. But one thing I did want to bring up um that our dad recently sent to us. Um, Nicholas was like recently on Jimmy Kimmel or I don't know if it was like that oh, recently, yeah. but like, you know, sometime like in the past like we few share years this on
1: our Insta. Not yet. Oh, so we okay. will.
0: But basically he was on Jimmy Kimmel and he talked about the time he met Quentin Tarantino and it related to this film. So he was getting on a plane and he saw Quentin sitting in first class and he went back to his seat and he saw that like he was on. Or in a tiger beat magazine because of Minutemen, like it was like an ad for Minutemen, which had just come out at the time mm-hmm. and he like tore off his picture from the magazine and like walked <laughs> up to quentin and was like look i'm an actor and i really really want to work with you someday like i hope Aww. i get to and he said that quentin like looked at the picture and was like i hope so too
1: oh that's so cute yeah i saw that tiktok
0: i know i just like love that we love nicholas nicholas was talking about minutemen chelsea kane is stephanie at the time she was credited as chelsea staub um oh i remember her as
1: chelsea staub
0: me too absolutely and like kane is it's not like a married name it's just her middle name and at some point she switched over to that i do too i think
1: she should go back
0: it's kind of like more like unique to be honest well, um, I
1: know Chelsea from is Jonas, but also mm-hmm. she's in Starstruck, that decom, yes. which is a really good one.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. She's very much a Disney Channel girly. I no, I definitely remember like when this movie came out, just like being the at the time 12 year old that I was, I was like, who is this new, like pretty Disney girl? Like I like definitely like was obsessed yeah. with her.
1: Yeah. She had a moment
0: for sure. She did. And she was also in that Freeform show, Baby Daddy. Um, yes. She's
1: she, in the Bratz movie. Yes.
0: Mm hmm. And she was in the Disney Channel animated show Fish Hooks, which Kyle Massey was also in. Yep. Um, she does still act, but it seems like lately she's doing like mostly voice acting. Like she's got like a lot of those credits.
1: Also, is she not a Hallmark girly? I feel like I saw some movies that looked like they could be on Hallmark, or maybe like those ABC originals, maybe something like that. I don't yeah.
0: think she's Hallmark, but I could be wrong. Stephen McQueen is Derek. He is Jeremy in the Vampire Diaries. He was also in chicago fire and chicago pd his grandfather was the actor steve mcqueen um who was like very very famous in the like 50s through 70s um and actually in that behind the scenes video that i mentioned because they asked all the kids like what would you do if you could time travel and he was like maybe meet my grandpa because he died before he was born Mm. um and yeah his last credit was 2020 so i'm not really sure like what he's up to these days but definitely most most known for vampire diaries um, J.P. Manu is Vice Principal Tolkien. As I mentioned, he's Hackett in Phil of the Future. He definitely still acts. He had an arc on Veep. He was on ER mm-hmm. for years. Um, funnily enough, he's in Eurotrip playing a, like a robot man, like similar to the one in this movie, <laughs> which I thought was an interesting detail. He was in that Disney Channel cartoon, The Replacements. And Hell then... yeah. Yeah. And then I thought this was interesting. Obviously, we know that David Spade is Cusco in The Emperor's New Groove, but this guy, J.P. Manu, has voiced Cusco in, like, every other, like, spinoff thing you can oh, imagine, wow. including that show The Emperor's New School.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Um, and then I also just thought this was interesting. In 2015, Manu appeared in Canadian court after two people staying in his Toronto condo discovered a home security camera and <gasps> told police officers about it. But he was cleared of the voyeurism charge. It was <gasps> dropped but interesting yep um kara crane is jeanette i didn't know her from anything else her last credit was 2019 and she's done mostly like tv guest star stuff but i did find her instagram she's married and has a baby that's really cute and in yeah and in november 2019 she shared a picture of her and luke benward kissing in this movie and she was (gasps) like as if you needed another reason to stream (laughs) (laughs) Minutemen. she's right she's so right um and then this is the last one just because it was really bothering me what the Bureau of Weights and Measures guy was from, the guy who follows them throughout the movie. I was like, I know this man. Mm-hmm. He, so his name is Trevor Snar. He's Don in Napoleon Dynamite, the guy who dates Haley Duff, like the like asshole jock that's him. Oh
1: my God. I know. Weird. Yeah. So it's time for us to rate the love interest. So for Virgil and Stephanie, here is our scale. Number one, we support this union. Number two, we have some notes. Number three, Lizzie, who are you going to believe? This boy who you are knowing your whole life or this boy who you are just meeting who says you shine like the light from the sun. And number four, get this person to a therapist stat. So what are you giving Stephanie and Virgil?
0: Do you want to go first?
1: Um, I'm giving them, we support this union, but uh, that's tricky because I think yeah. that she's coming out of, actually I'm giving it, we have some notes. I'm going back. I love them. I love them both. I feel like he might always feel a little bit insecure about that relationship. I also feel like he might have like a little bit of like, we were best friends. And like, even though you didn't do, you weren't as bad as Derek, like you kind of did like bailed on our friendship. I don't know. I just could see like there being resentment that comes up and I could see her like, just not them being a perfect fit. Like he might need someone a little more nerdy, like. And I just don't know if they'll be a great match. But, like, I love them both individually. And I don't, like, have... I think they're both great. Like, I don't think that either of them are, like, red flags. I just yeah. think there might be, like, some compatibility issues down the line. Um yeah. But I do love them.
0: I know. I know what you mean. I'm giving it... We have some notes, too. Um, mainly because, like, yeah, I think they have amazing chemistry. I guess I kind of feel like they're not endgame. Like, I think I feel yeah. that it's the end of high school and I think Stephanie is going through this thing that's really real where like you start to re- really really reevaluate and like think about the kind of person you want to be and mm-hmm. I feel like I really don't fault Stephanie if like during like sophomore junior year she was kind of like I kind of like being with like the popular football player but I feel mm-hmm. like now she's like about to go to college and she clearly is like a good smart person with aspirations for the future and I feel like she's like now wait a minute like do I really want to like keep surrounding myself with this kind of person? Like Virgil is actually like the type of person that I admire more than Derek or like any of my friends even. Right. Um, but that being said, I think that they're going to like date this summer and it's almost going to be this like last ditch effort to sort of like hold on to like childhood and home and like Mm -hmm. who you were. And like, ultimately she's going to realize that like she does want something kind of different in a partner. And I kind of think that like, their breakup is gonna like crush them both, especially Virgil. But I think yeah, that ultimately yeah. they're always gonna have like a really soft spot in their yeah, hearts for each other. I hope so and like hopefully even like maybe be able to stay friends. I don't know, but yeah. no, I literally love them, but I kind of do have some notes about them. Yeah,
1: I don't really think they'll end up together. Yeah,
0: but yeah. they were a really. I know I it love was them. compelling to watch these two. I know. Well, they won't. They. I was in it. I was, I was in, in it. it. Um, what is your favorite quote from *Minutemen*?
1: Um. Okay, so I don't know if there was like. A quote that really like stuck out, but this is just a quote that like tugged in my heartstrings. Mm. Charlie saying this day that you hate so much just because you got a little embarrassed is my favorite day.
0: Crying. I just
1: like that made me cry and Charlie's delivery was so good.
0: Totally agree. I know I felt similarly that I didn't feel like there were like quotes necessarily. So I actually went with a little bit of dialogue just because I felt like it... Conveyed so much, so I went with you were always going to be a dork, Virgil, and and you were always going to be a jerk, Derek, Aww, because yeah. I just like it really hit me, and I felt like it almost pointed to this kind of like sad theme of this movie, which is almost like fate, which is almost like even with this extraordinary technology, like Virgil will always be the person that on September twenty or September third, two thousand and five, like does the right thing, yeah, no matter what, and Derek will always be the person that is selfish and that like yep. yeah you know first chance and I also think it conveys this thing of like Derek really feels like entitled to how he's treated Virgil because he's like listen dude like yeah we were buds when we were kids but like you were always going to be a loser no matter what I did and it's like yeah that's not true you could have been a better person you chose not to and yeah I just think that there's so much conveyed within that one little exchange Mm -hmm. and it's like really sad and like satisfying and totally I loved that moment um so that's mine and then, doot, dude, doot. Dude, dude. Okay, so if Minutemen were a zodiac sign... I decided to go with Gemini because Virgil really does give Gemini energy to me. I mean, he uses humor as a strategy to cope with his insecurities and his regrets. He's very concerned with like people liking him and how he's perceived. And also just the way he communicates really gives me Gemini vibes. Like he's playful. He doesn't take anything that seriously. He always wants to try to make people laugh. And it also felt very Gemini to me to sort of lose sight of why doing the right thing mattered if it didn't like get you anything, if it didn't like get you any external validation. But then on the flip side, Geminis aren't nearly as calculated as they sometimes get a reputation for being like, a Gemini doesn't want to like get ahead by any means necessary. They're just sort of like attracted to like, Ooh, the grass is always greener. Like, what if I could be more cool or surrounded by more interesting people? But like ultimately when faced with like, Hey, if you do this, there's real human consequences. Like you'll hurt your friend. Mm -hmm. It's very Gemini to be like, you know what, rather than like controlling my environment, I'll control myself. Like rather than changing the outcome, I'll change my perspective. And that's really what Virgil decides to do. He decides to be like, I'll just instead change my perspective and realize that like, I don't want to be like Derek. I want to be like Charlie. And like, I can get Stephanie, no matter what happened to me freshman year. And that's what he does. And mm-hmm. yeah, I thought it gave Gemini. So what is your Minutemen rose?
1: Um, My rose, I had so many. I loved it so much. But my main rose was the scene on the bleachers when uh virgil is looking down on what happened and him and charlie's conversation about that day and seeing virgil's kind of perspective shift um that scene just like it made me really emotional it like um i thought it was really real to high school and i thought it was like when you're in high school you're so obsessed with climbing the social ladder that like you can't recognize how good you have it mm-hmm. like if you are unlucky enough to have a really good friend in high school um i just thought that scene was very sweet
0: and that was my rose Yeah. Mine's like basically the same thing. It's like the lore of the incident Mm -hmm. and just like everything that comes with it. Like, even though like the actual incident is kind of like cheesy and like when it happens, you're kind of just laughing, but like it just does a really good job at showing like, how you can become like hyper fixated on a moment in your life and be like yeah I mean
1: convinced that that's the like impetus for everything else that happened
0: exactly and like blame all your problems on one moment yeah and I like how like as soon as the concept of time travel gets introduced we obviously know we're going to go back to that day somehow yeah but I felt like they did it in a way that like genuinely was like really like impactful like it wasn't like predictable they didn't do
1: it too soon Uh, yeah i agree
0: yeah i just felt like they they had this like this tool to deploy and like they did it so expertly and i just really loved the tension of virgil and charlie's friendship of like Mm -hmm. what it's like to love someone that is like always like oh but shit could be better and how like it feels to know that like what they're dreaming of probably doesn't include you and like right right and how, like, Virgil ultimately realizes how shitty that was. Like, it's just really well done. Yeah. Um. So what is your thorn?
1: Um, I kind of already touched on this. My thorn was how they rushed Stephanie and Virgil's, like, ending. I just wanted it to be more satisfying. Like, I feel like they left it super open-ended. And... I am, like, confused because, like, Chelsea realizing Derek cheated didn't actually happen, and I'm like, a lot of Virgil's best moments with Stephanie are, like, now erased, and I feel like what showed her, like, oh, he has such a better character than my boyfriend. So I just am, like, I felt a little disappointed by their ending, I guess.
0: No, I totally agree with that. That's, that was really tough. I went with, like, a slightly just sillier one, which was, like, the really cheesy, um, like nerd stereotype, Mm -hmm. not Charlie, but like his friends. And then also, um, just the character of Jeanette. Like I wish they had like fleshed her out more. She just felt very Disney channel in a bad way. And it just didn't really like do anything for me. Yeah, I agree. But I still think like we needed that character to exist. I just wish they had like fleshed her out more. I agree. Um, so that brings us to our overall ratings. Um, I forget, I think, is it your turn to go first? I think it's your
1: turn
0: okay so oh this was hard there's so much i love about this movie the script like the whole like implausible science thing like doesn't bother me here it just like doesn't feel distracting again it's like not really the point of the movie even though on paper seems like it would be like it's Mm -hmm. really about the friendships it's about the kids so i didn't really care that the science was cheesy i genuinely cared about all the characters it was cast so well it really touched on like genuinely touching themes and like, like really did just like emotionally impact me in a way that like a lot of these movies haven't. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, it's not a perfect movie and there's a lot that's cheesy about it, but I like couldn't go lower than B plus because of the like impact it had on like my heart in a really big way. Mm -hmm. So I'm giving it a B plus.
1: I gave it a B plus too. I loved it so much. I, I agree that like, this movie like Smart House and Bring and High School Musical are the only movies that I've watched and felt like in my soul like oh that hurts Mm -hmm. like I just like think those movies were really emotional the reason that i felt like i couldn't give this one an in the a category was mm-hmm. because kind of similar to stuck in the suburbs like it was charming beginning to end but they're both like kind of silly and i just didn't know if i could like give it an a for that reason yeah. but i thought it was so great like i thought the acting was so good i thought the script was really good it was really funny um and like it was funny and silly but also had depth so i'm giving it a b plus but it's my favorite of the ones
0: i've given a b plus yeah yeah i know it was just gave
1: it an a minus i just was like it's so silly (laughs) something
0: about it was just literally so good so good
1: no i absolutely loved it it's it's such a good one i think it's pretty underrated because it came out kind of post the disney channel boom yes and um also like it's like girl i like girl movies might do a little bit better in the the decom space yeah um but it's a really good one and it should get more credit
0: than it does no, I know. I saw something online that was like, this movie would definitely be more beloved if it had come out a few years earlier. I think so too, and I do think so. Yeah,
1: I, and I think it would have been like bigger for Jason and Nicholas and like those kids. I think.
0: Yeah, I yeah. totally agree. Um, so that brings us to clearly, we love this movie and think that you would enjoy rewatching it or watching it for the totally first time. Totally
1: rewatch this one. Yeah, it's so good and so funny.
0: Yeah, which of course does bring us to our drinking game rules. So drink every time someone says snowsuit, guys. Drink every time the Minutemen go back in time. Drink every time we see Charlie's cat. Drink every time the incident is mentioned. Drink every time Virgil does the scorch handshake
1: with someone. Drink every time Jeanette does something creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Love.
0: And that is Minutemen. That's Minutemen. Our favorite movie Thank you guys so much for listening and we will talk to you next time. Yes. Thank you for listening. Bye.